welcome to NBL on SEN. Welcome to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. This is NBL Live for Tyre Power, the MVP tyre experts for your family as the Adelaide 36ers get set to take on the Perth Wildcats here in front of a packed house at the Entertainment Centre. My name's Paul Bonzer. Alongside me, 359 NBL games to his name, Rupert Sapwell. Sapper, welcome back to NBL Live. Oh, it's Perth Day today, Bonds. It is. Yeah, there's nothing that gets Adelaide fans' blood boiling more than a clash against their arch rivals, the Perth Wildcats. Five losses in a row for Perth since who knows when. So they're in desperate. 2010, the last time they lost oh, five wow, in a row. Yeah, that's a it's a, a pretty awesome record, really, when you think about it. They've been an awesome franchise for so long, but on the ropes a little bit at the moment. John really's got a lot of work to do with his squad and still trying to find their personality post, you know. Damien Martin years, really. And then the 36ers with a good win over Illawarra, hoping to get some uh, some momentum back at their home court. They got their butts handed to them last, last time at home against the New Zealand Breakers, and they'll be looking to make amends tonight against the old enemy. A couple of, uh, I guess, the biggest news as far as Adelaide fans are concerned is that uh, Craig Randall, the second, will play tonight. He missed uh, Thursday night's game with injury um, to a bruised sternum. But he's uh, out there and uh, he's ready to go. Well, sounds painful, doesn't it? Does it sound Bruce, painful. Bruce Sterner, man. Certainly would have been painful enough to keep him out. And, you know, certainly the, the 36ers didn't keep a... Um, did, didn't miss a beat with him out there. They had a good win against Illawarra. Robert Franks had 25. And DJ played his best game of the year. Daniel Johnson with 28 and seven boards or so. Yeah, and he so, was excellent. You know, it was good to, uh, for them to get around it. Um, Anthony Drimmick also had 16. Mitch McCarron, another great all-round game, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. So they're able to step up in the absence of Craig Randall. Now, can they do that against a better team? Because make no mistake, Perth is a way better team than Illawarra despite their recent form. There is another Craig in the building that's even a bigger name. Craig Hutchinson is here, the boss. He's sitting up there behind the basket in his uh, Perth red shirt up on the uh, up on the deck behind the basket at, at uh, that end of the court. So uh, Hutchie's here, and oh, I'm sure he's going to have a good time, and, and hopefully he goes home a loser tonight. Well, you know, <laughs> the, we, they do put on a good show here at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. It is a, it's a good night. We had a celebrity game beforehand. Uh, you know, the players came out and had a bit of a shoot, but then got bumped off, and the celebrities around Adelaide came in and, uh, you know, brought the game of basketball into disrepute momentarily. <laughs> but oh, it's good to see uh, a bit there. And Sauce Jacobs, uh, ex-Adelaide Crow, was out there, current Adelaide Crow, Jackson Haley. Um, also out there and was a very good junior and, and uh, a long time ago I coached Jackson so it was good to see him out there and uh, bring back one of his favourite sports but um, it's good vibe and they say it's a massive crowd brewing for tonight too. Yes, we uh, about an hour ago we heard there was only 500 tickets left so that means a crowd of over 9,000. Correct. So uh, hopefully they can sell out and uh, we'll get over 10,000 which would be unbelievably good. We are here and we'd like to pay our respects to, to the land that we we are broadcasting from tonight the land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. And Sapper, we are going to SENWA tonight and the regional um, regional stations around Perth. So we welcome you all across the border, across the Nullarbor in Perth. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a cracking game. I've I just got a feeling these Wildcats... Uh, might come out with a point to prove tonight. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they... they 
when you lose against the Jack Jumpers, people think, oh, that's bad. No, it's not. No. The Jack Jumpers are a very, very good team. So, you know, was there improvement on uh, previous games from the Wildcats? Yes, I think there was. Jack Jumpers are tough. Now, we just learned that the Jack Jumpers went down to Brisbane after a long road trip back home. And so, you know, they've lost a couple on the trot now. But, you know, the Jack Jumpers are a tremendous defensive team. And the Jack Jumpers came into this building and put a demolition job on the 36ers as well. Yeah. So, you know, they travel well. They defend really well. They, their game translates well on the road. And so no shame to lose to Jack Jumpers. It just happened to be that their momentum, you know, was heading in the wrong direction. Now, I think they, they turned that ship around a little bit. There are a lot of moments in that Jack Jumpers game where you go, hey, this is, you know, this is a team that's brewing. They've got some serious rebounding issues. The Wildcats, no one is averaging more than five rebounds. So, you know, when the possession needs to be gotten, who's going to get it? And so the Sixers will know that, and they'll be looking to punish the Wildcats on the board. Now, can the Wildcats find someone who can get a double-digit rebound game? Sean Thomas, you know, could be that person. So could, you know, Luke Travers. But at the moment, no one's averaging more than five rebounds. That's a massive problem for the Wildcats. So they're going to need to find possessions in that half court uh, and defend really well against what is a high-octane Adelaide offense. We'll just go through the results of the round so far. Um, Thursday night, the Hawks went down to the 36ers, 80 to 96. And as you mentioned, DJ with 28 points, Franks with uh, 25. And for the Hawks, Harvey had 25. On Thursday night, uh, Perth went down to the Jack Jumpers, 77-85. Bryce Cotton was outstanding again as he as he missed basically every game. 26 points, five rebounds, six assists. Jesse Wagstaff had 13 points for the Wildcats as well. And on Friday... Uh, which was yesterday, uh, the Cairns Taipans absolutely thumped Melbourne United. What about that result? Wow, that was very, very impressive. Cairns were, you know, unconscious. They were playing unbelievably well. Melbourne's in disarray quite a bit. It was good to, you know, see Melbourne getting back to, you know, their full squad. Full squad. Shea Illy was back. He said first game he's played for a while. It's going to take him a little while to assert his influence, but a very pivotal player and excellent defender. And so, well, last one of the finalists for Defensive Player of the Year last year. So he's a big piece to, to have out. And when you talk about Ariel Hot Porty, uh, their, you know, their next star, he was out injured for, with an Achilles all season. So their, their team looks a lot different than what they were planning. So, yeah, they're in disarray at the moment. And so, Well, you know, when Cairns are playing as well as they did, Cairns was losing to no one last night. Keanu Pinder has been a monster uh, for a month now. And, you know, they were talking about, oh, is he really the best centre in the, in the competition? Well, the answer is clearly yes at the moment. Clearly yes. Um, um, unbelievably hard to, to guard from the top of the key. He's just light years quicker than anyone who's guarding him, and he just licks his chops. It's like, you know, what they call fried chicken. <laughs> and someone's there, it's just absolute meal in front of him waiting there, and he's just eating that up all day. So he's, uh, well, you know, he's making a, a, a real claim for real boomers action, not just, yep. you know, uh, in the middle boomers action. So there, there's going to be a, a big break for in action for the um, world championship qualifying windows the FIBA windows coming up soon and he's going to be involved in that Australian team going away but you know gee what could he do he's uh come along leaps and bounds since he played for Adelaide a couple of seasons ago and just amazing what the confidence of a coach can do for you and he's just rolling now so Cairns very very good um you know against 
Melbourne, and you know, what do you do? It's a, it's a tough one to go up there and play at the best of times, and um, the Orange Army has got a lot to uh, be excited about this year. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're jumping out of the seats up in Cairns. And this is NBL Life for Tyre Power, the MVP tyre experts for your family. And the timeouts tonight will be looked after by Nippy's great South Australian company, Nippy's Fresh Juices. Uh, so I just want to have a chat before we go to a break about Bryce Cotton. We know he is the best player in the in the competition. What do the Sixers do? How can they restrict him, or what do they need to restrict him to to get the result? It's interesting one, that one, because, you, look, many people have tried and failed, haven't they? And he just oh, keeps on going about his business. And, you know, people of some commentators have, have noticed that, you know, he's looking tired in games. Now, the guy's got a massive engine, so it's not like he's, he's tired cardiovascularly, but he's having to shoulder a mountain of offensive duties, not just... You know, coming off and shooting, but then creating after he gets that. And he's, you know, teams and players uh, are learning how to guard that pin down sort of floppy action, it's called. And yep. and uh, he's coming off screens and shooting at the top of the key. They're getting better at doing that. They're allowing a lot more physical play this year from the defenders. So those defenders are riding Bryce Cotton with a forearm in his hip, and they're doing it for the full 40 minutes. Like that's a that's a tiresome thing to do. So, you know. Can they stop Bryce Cotton? No, Bryce Cotton will still get 20-plus, and he might have three points at halftime, but, you know, that means nothing to him. He can get going and fill it up in a real hurry. But what I think they really need to do is make it as hard for Bryce Cotton as possible, and that seems to be the formula that other teams have been rolling out against Cotton, is just wear him down over time. He's going to get shots. They're going to foul him on the three-point shot. It's uncanny how many times he gets fouled shooting that three-pointer. He'll shoot some free throws. He'll get going a little bit, but... You know, don't allow him to get other teammates going because at the moment, the Wildcats don't have a, a Robin to his Batman. They don't have someone who's going to be able to step up and reliably get double figures. Travers is, Luke Travers is a phenomenal talent and he's, you know, there's been a lot of, obviously got drafted and he's a, you know, he's a Cleveland Cavaliers may eventually have him, but yes. if he wants to ever wear that Cleveland Cavaliers uniform, he's going to have to average you know, 15, 16 points a game. Now, he's not a scorer. That's not his thing. But on this Wildcats team, he has to be one. You know, he's going to have to expand it. And, you know, John really uh, is going to let him... They're going to force him to do that. He, I mean, I would love to play for John really. What a player's coach. So, he's... Um, you know, Luke Travis is going to have to set him step up, but no one on the Wildcats is averaging double figures. They've got six guys averaging between sort of nine and a half and seven points a game, but no one who's averaging that 15, which they really need to do in order to take some of that load off Bryce Cotton. So to answer your question, what, what can the Sixers do to stop Bryce Cotton? Not much, but they can wear him down. And they've got the you know the defenders to do it. Mitch McCarron can do that. Sunday Detch will do that as well. And they'll do it by committee. So bump, every time he goes off something, it's going to be a physical toll. And then the other key for the 36ers is to not let that second Wildcat get going. Well, you uh, mentioned that Craig Randall II is back in the lineup, and we had a little uh, a whisper uh, when we got here earlier uh, that him and CJ Bruton might have had a bit of a bit of a shouting, not a shouting match. It's probably probably a bit over the top, but but uh, they had words this morning at the shoot around. But that is that just what you're going to get with. Absolutely, is what the you're person get. in uh, Craig Randall who just wants to be the man. Let me let me use this metaphor. If you marry a spicy Latina woman, what do you expect? 
<laughs> you're going to get... Are you going to get arguments with all that spice, aren't you? It's, right? not, a, it's not a bad metaphor. Yeah. So, but right now, it's uh, that's how that's how Craig Randall is. He is an incredible talent, but he's like a he's like a mad scientist, or a, you know, like a someone who's he's into his thing, and he's he's a very he's a loner. Like it's not. Yeah, well, we've seen that at times this year already. Yeah. In the short time we've seen him, we've seen him away from the bench, sitting by himself, uh, doing yeah. things, even warm-ups, doing warm-ups by himself and not with his team. So he's he is quite an individual. Yeah, he is. And, you know, at the, and at the moment, he's been given the ball and told to play, go. Yeah. And so you see a lot of that, and, and sometimes it looks awesome, and then other times against better defenders in the you know New Zealand Breakers and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, it's looked awful because you know other teammates can't get open, he can't get open, and all of a sudden it's just one guy dribbling the ball at half court, waiting for something to happen. Nothing can happen. So high risk, high reward type of 36er offense. You hope as the season goes on, if you're a 36er fan, that they learn how to you know, deal with that intense pressure and learn how to continue rolling their offense. But at the moment, the, the, the way to beat the 36ers is to stop their first action. So if it's a high on ball screen or a handoff, blow that up yep. and then force them into one-on-one -on -one and they will play one-on-one -on -one and then deny everywhere else. And it's one-on-one -on -one jump shot city and sometimes it'll go in, but often this year it hasn't been. So it's looked awful and that's ignited opposition running games and they've been ramming it down the 36ers' throat. So you ask any coach in the NBL, what do you have to do to stop the Sixers? Oh, well, stop their transition. Well, you know, true, but then what the Sixers haven't been doing is stopping anyone else's transition. The type of shots they're taking are long rebound type of shots, and then other teams are just going. So they haven't been able to stop anyone uh, effectively themselves, the 36ers, and, you know, I would expect them to be a better defensive team than they currently are, and a lot of that has to do with their poor shot selection, which is igniting yeah. opposition fast breaks. So get them in the half court, decent. They're all good athletes and long athletes, and you know, we've had recent minutes with Kai Soto, so a genuine rim protector in there as well. So good to see him get some minutes. But um, in, the, in the full court, they've been blown away because of their shot selection. Just touching back on Randall for a second. If he's had an argument with the coach this morning, is he, is he just thinking about that all day and he's going to come out here and just catch fire tonight or is he going to be is he going to sulk around and then eventually get going or, or do we do do we not know no we can't yeah. wait to see what the result is but yeah we're, we're in the media we can make we can make stuff up right <laughs> so let's make up this this scenario he has been stewing all day yes he's going to show everyone because we know the starters not everyone else knows the starters yes. do we let her tell the starters yet well let's just say that uh craig randall will not start yeah he will not start right so he's seething Yes. He's going, oh, I'm the best player in the competition, and he might be right. But, you know, now he's going, oh, I'm going to show everyone. So look out when Craig Randall gets subbed in because it could be atomic, right? So in, 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 in any sort of right direction. All right, and your opinion on CJ not starting him? Well, uh, see, well... Is it, is, do you think it's based on what happened this morning, or do you, or do you think it's uh, just because he's coming off an injury? The guys played really well on Thursday night with Anthony Drimmick in the lineup, so he comes into the starting five. Yeah. It, well, if you're a coach and you're you have someone out, and in that person's absence, the team finds a niche, they start to click, their game is going well. Do you muck around with that too much? 
you know, you want to bring them in, but you don't want to disrupt what progress they made in terms of ball movement and, yep. and confidence because, you know, DJ played his best game. Robert Franks played his best game. Anthony Drimmick, I think, has been very good all year, but got Correct. Did his Agreed. best scoring game uh, as well. So, yeah, do you bring him in softly? Yes, I think you do. And the bonus is Craig Randall II is coming in against Perth's second unit. What, what, what could happen? You know, like, that, that could be absolutely destructive. So I think the balance is better in terms of how many mouths you have to feed when you have one less scorer. So, you know, Robert Franks and DJ will be the clear go-to guys in that first unit. And then, you know, there's other role players in there who will, who will feed off them. But you get, you put three hungry mouths in there and, you know, generally only two work. So yeah. you know, we'll see what happens in the, uh, in the opening few minutes of this game. But the Sixers with uh, everything to lose again in front of a massive home crowd. Wildcats, they've got nothing to lose. They're, you know, they're reeling a little bit and they're going to throw everything they've got at the Sixers tonight should be an absolute ripper even saying they have lost the Perth Wildcats have lost five in a row doesn't sound right like as long as I've been following basketball which is a long time now yeah <laughs> you just don't it just don't see that happening yeah well why do you hate Perth Wildcats because be- they're successful because they're good right yeah. they're really really good now the, the style of play that they played was rugged it was trench warfare it was scrap and grind and and they were getting they were out rebounding everyone they just had more bullies on the on the glass especially especially in the last let's say 10 10 years yeah. ago Vlahov, well, the Fisher, years as well. Uh, yeah. Sean Redditch, just yeah. tough and hard and angry players. Yep. yep. That's right. And so, you know, when you're, when you're getting extra possessions like that and everything's a battle, you go into Perth knowing it's going to hurt afterwards. Now, is this Perth team like that? No. Now, can you expect it to be like that? No, because there, it's almost an entirely different roster. There is very Correct. few people there. The guys that are still there are not, fit, you know, they're not physical bullies like they used to have. So, you know, if the Perth faithful, and they are faithful, uh, but they are very demanding and perhaps... Uh, delusional <laughs> because the amount of success they have had has been otherworldly. It's been it's, it's been rude how well they have well they've done. So yes. it's it's not it's not easy to do. And as those guys move on, like Damien Martin, you can't underestimate and I don't think anyone in Perth does, you can't underestimate the, the winning culture that that man brought to the club. And so when when someone like that goes, it's not a matter of just getting some other little tough nugget to come in because you know there's something spiritual about that guy as a leader and you know he'll go down as if not the best then one of the best wildcats ever despite his limited skill set but he's just a leader you know so uh you know can perth turn this thing around not as easy it's not as easy as going go get more rebounds that's what they need yeah but they've got a group in there who are not a ferocious rebounding team no one no one is averaging more than five rebounds on their team so you know, is there a marquee rebounder there? No, there isn't. So who's the guy who's going to get you 12 rebounds? You know, maybe Luke Travers on a good night, maybe Tashawn Thomas on a good night, but they need someone to actually go and get the ball and be hard and tough and physical. And, and uh, you know, people who are pining for the old Wildcat style, it's not. They've had two different coaches since then, and they're not going to get the same style. So no, um, I- it really will bring something else. What we might do, I want to ask you about the two Perth imports, but we might leave that to after the break as uh, the lights go down here. 
The Sixers squad are dancing out in the middle of the court. Young kids are lining up. The South Adelaide Basketball Club kids are lining up for the intro of both the teams. So uh, we'll take a break and come back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. This is NBL Life for Tire Power. Kumo Tires at Slam Dunk Prices. We'll be back. Welcome to NBL on SEN. For tyre power, your trusted tyre experts. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Paul Bonds and Rupert Sapwell with you as the Adelaide 36 is about to do battle with the Perth Wildcats. We're about 11 minutes away from tip-off here. Sapper, before the break, I wanted uh, to just ask you about the Perth imports. Deshaun Thomas and Brandy Manick. They're only averaging eight points a game each. Um, a little underwhelming at this say, at this point, would you say? Yeah. A bit, a bit harsh. Yeah, well, you know, Brady Manick, first professional contract, so he's learning how to be a pro in the other side of the world. So, you know, what can you get there? And, and it's not often that you get someone straight out of college in the Australian League. The Australian League is a very, very strong league. Yeah. So he's finding his way. I think... He, if he can find it, he'll be good. He has a skill set to be well. He's an elite shooter. He's not shooting that well this year, and that's you know part of the problem. Only shooting 27% from three-point land, but he is a, an excellent three-point shooter. Yes. He can get going. So he's a classic pick-and-pop guy, and you could see why John really would have liked the idea of having him setting screens for Bryce Cotton because you've got a hard show on Bryce Cotton. And if you hard show defensively on Bryce Cotton, that would leave the screener to be able to be open on a little flip back on a three-point line. So that would work in theory if you've got a, an import who can shoot like Brady Manick. Now, he hasn't been shooting well, still finding his feet. It's a long way away from home, all that sort of stuff, you know. So he's struggling, no question. Um, what I think I'd like to see from him, and, you know, you get most rusted on basketballs, would say, look, you know, everyone goes through shooting slumps. And he's a shooter who's going through a bit of a slump. What else can you add? Can you defend well? Can you get rebounds? God knows his team needs rebounds. So yes. Go in and get some rebounds, mix it up. He's a big boy, 6'8", thereabouts. And, um, you know, he looks farmer. You know, he looks like he's got a big blonde hairdo and a, and a flowing big blonde beard, you know, like he's built like a, you know, he looks like a lumberjack. He could be. He could be a lumberjack. Yeah, and uh, he, I think he could be a better rebounder than he is, but he, I don't think he's he's focused on that. It doesn't look like it. So we'll see, you know, what sort of work he's doing away from the basketball because, you know, he's got Bryce Cotton. He's, Bryce Cotton is going to take most of the basketball in this team, so what can he do in order to get his team extra possession so they'd be crying out for those rebounds? To Sean Thomas, he's he's not very big. Like he, he's he's their workhorse. He's the guy who's going to set screens and and do a lot of the dirty work inside. And you know he's been okay. Like he's uh, but know. he he should be the rebounder, shouldn't he? He should be the one that's hitting the boards hard, boxing out. And yeah. I don't just don't think we've seen that enough from him early. Well, you know, and he's he's getting other people involved. He's you know, he's averaging four assists or so, five or three yes. assists, and you know, like he's he's a reasonable passer. He's doing little bits of everything, but he just needs to do a little bit more of everything. And you know, it also depends on what John really wants of these guys. You know, Manny comes in with a very obvious skill set as a shooter. To Sean Thomas, you know, he's just going to have to be a bulldozer close to the basket and. You look at him, and he you know, he might be six seven, but not much not much more. Yeah, and he's not a you know a 
eye-watering athlete. He's just a he's just a lunch pail, work hard kind of guy. And so, you know, do you you know you might want to get you know you, you might be hoping for 12 and nine out of him instead of you know nine and four or something like that. So he's got to pick up. Manic's got to pick up for sure. But you know, you look around there. You know, you got Corey Webster, who's a proven scorer in this league, but still only averaging sort of seven or eight points. He could be better. He's got to be better than that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You know, he's like got... he, he's taking he's basically taking the place of Vic Law from last year to a certain extent. Like he, as far as points on the board, he was expected to score more than that. Well, game. he's been an elite elite scorer in this league, no yes. question, and he has got the skill set to do that. And as a as a sort of a shadowy contributor to Cotton, like Cotton's going to take all the best guard defenders, you know, that would leave Webster to be guarded by someone who is theoretically not as good a, a defender, and he could step up. So, yes, I think he's going to step up as well. And we talked before about Luke Travers. Here's a guy who, you know, has been drafted by the NBA. What is an NBA draftee supposed to do for his team? Now, Luke Travers is not a noted scorer. He's still got to get his three-point shot and fix that up because it's too slow and inconsistent. But so he And he knows that, of course. Of course. But, you know, his rebounding game can be better. He could average eight rebounds a game. Like, you know, where, where are these things that can pick up? He's an all-round, all-court guy. Um, and he he's one of those coaches that, um, you know, one of those players that coaches sort of go, oh, yeah, he shows these glimpses, and but he he's very laconic. You know, he sort of he plays straight legged because he's a straight. He's a, he plays straight up. It doesn't never gets really sits down in the stance, and he just relies on you know sort of otherworldly instincts. And he's you know every bit as good as being drafted by the NBA. He's definitely a deserving draftee, but. Can he do more for his Wildcats? Yes, he can. And I think it's time for him to step up as a you know 21-year-old. You know, there are 21-year-olds dominating in the NBA. So yes. know, I think he's good enough to do that. And he's got to put in a mountain of work with his shooting. And also, between the years, realize that he is a marquee player. Because for, for a couple of years in the Wildcats uniform, he's been a guy that they haven't had to rely on. Now they do. So good chance for him to step up. I think he can do it. And it'll be interesting to see. Now, he's come into this building a couple of times and had monster games and done really well. And he's played big games um, elsewhere. And he's capable of that 20-point explosion, but he just has to believe it. And uh, team manager for the 36ers, Jazzy, has just dropped off a couple of choggies to us. That's nice, isn't it? That's very nice. Uh, Well, let's switch to the Adelaide 36ers. You mentioned Kai Soto and his, uh, I guess, development over the last couple of games. He's had a good couple of games. He has. And, you know, you're... In the New Zealand game, he he was, and I think a couple of the other blowouts. He's played some minutes and he's brewing a little bit. CJ has been quoted in the in the media as saying that he doesn't want to donate time to Kai Soto. I think most people in the building understand that Kai's got a massive upside. Yes, and you know, at seven foot two and with good elevation, like you know, I've seen him as a seven foot two guy with his head above the rim there. When I mean, he's getting up near the top of the backboard in some of these things, so he's got an incredible athletic package. Um, but bad foot speed at the moment. And one of the things that the Sixers have to learn to live with or try and get him better at is that high on-ball screen defense because that's a real weakness of the Sixers at the moment. And that is essentially the reason why CJ Bruton is reluctant to play Kai Soto often is because he really struggles at the top of the key defending faster players. And he tends to hang by the, the rim and protect the basket that way, but he's giving up a lot by doing that. So if he needs to if he wants to play NBA, he's going to have to improve his foot speed so that he can show and be a defensive presence away from the basket. At the moment, he can't do that, but 
He has been playing well last couple of games, defending well, coming in and scoring well. He was the bright spark against the New Zealand Breakers, our leading scorer. Yes. And now, uh, you know, and played another serviceable game and, and made it real hard for Sam Frolling, a marquee player for the Illawarra Hawks on Thursday night. We're about three and a half minutes away from tip-off here in Adelaide. This is NBL Live for Tire Power, your trusted tire experts. Paul Bonds and Rupert Sapper with you. Now, Sapper, uh, your good friend and coach of the Wildcats, John Rilly, uh, hasn't come out yet. He's leaving it till late, isn't it? Last three minutes, he'll just stroll out. Yeah, I don't know Mate, why. Have you scared him off or you said something to him that he's not allowed out to? Oh, he's probably back backstage shooting. He's an <laughs> absolute gym junkie. He, he was, yeah, I think, one of the reasons he, one of the things he hates about being a head coach is that he can't join in on scrimmages anymore. <laughs> it's not a good look, but he loves it. He loves the game. There is, there is, I would go so far as to say there is no one in the world that loves the game more than John Reilly. He's an absolute encyclopedia of knowledge. He's struggling to try and help Sixers, help the Wildcats find their identity now yep. as he comes out. But, you know, he's a, just, he's a gamer. He just stiffed you then. He just walked straight past you. Didn't even blink an eye. Well, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a shirt that would be <laughs> deliberately offensive to, uh, to Real. So, no, I know, I, look, he, he's got stuff he needs to do for sure. And, and, all, and all the pressure is is on him as a as a new coach. And he's been copying it from the, you know, the, the virulent Wildcat fans at times. Because they expect so much and you Correct. know yeah. that's what you get you know you, you take on uh, a team like that and a, and a master franchise that's done so well for so long there are high expectations he's up to it for sure but there is a, a fitting in period isn't there you know like there's a reason yeah. why you take a brand new car back to get service within a month there's all these new working parts that need to sort of settle into each other and and to to, uh, to fit well and you go back and you get that retune and he'd be he'd be hoping that the wildcats will start to click about the third of the way through the season and that's a similar story with the 36ers right now. Absolutely. One foot forward, one foot back. You know, they haven't made a whole lot of massive forward progress yet. And so there's two teams that are stuttering, but two highly talented and highly capable teams that are capable of putting a massive show on for the Adelaide faithful tonight. Give you the starting fives for both teams. Firstly, for the Perth Wildcats. Uh, uh, Norton, Thomas, Cotton, Blanchfield and Wagstaff. And for the Adelaide 36ers, it's Franks, Cleveland, Drimmick, McCarran, and DJ Daniel Johnson. And as we mentioned, Craig Randall the second. First time this year, he's starting on the pine. That's right, and I don't think that'll affect his minutes too much. As long as he's fully fit, he will still play big minutes. But I actually don't mind you know, bringing such a potent scorer off the bench because it exposes the Perth Wildcats second unit to, you know, an amped, incredible scorer. And if he can, if his ego can process that and say, yep, I'm okay, I'm still going to get my opportunities, and he comes out there and, you know, is aggressive, and he can afford to be aggressive when, you know, four minutes into the quarter, DJ's already had a few looks, Franks has already had a few looks, and, you know, and maybe they get subbed out or something like that, and a new group comes in, he can then go bananas. I, I just really like it from CJ. I, I think it's the coach going, I'm the coach. And I didn't like what, that, what happened here. I didn't like what happened there. And we need to change things a little. And you're going to sit with me for the first uh, first few minutes. Oh, I, you, I you love, love a juicy story, boss. Oh, yeah, I love you, it. You might be making I'll that up. I'll talk it up. I'm making that completely <laughs> up. None of that is actually gospel. But in my head, it's absolutely true. Packed crowd here in the entertainment centre. They are right back up to the rafters as we're just about to get underway. 
The Adelaide 36ers taking on the Perth Wildcats. This is NBL Live for Tyre Power, your trusted tyre experts. Whether you're listening on SEN, all through South Australia and over in WA, Paul Bonter and Rupert Sapwell bringing you this one. And it should be an absolute belter. Cleveland and Thomas will jump. We're just waiting for our uh, friends in television land. One of them is sitting next to us, Brett Maher, legend of the Sixers. And we're about to get underway. Here we go. Cleveland wins the tip. It's in the hands of Mitch McCarran. Guarded by Norton. Gets a pick from Drimmick, a pretty clumsy pick at the end. Still in the hands of McCarran. Now swings it to Franks. Franks going to drive on Wagstaff. Great D from Wagstaff. Got a hand on the ball. It will be an Adelaide 36ers ball from the baseline. Six seconds left on the shot clock. Immediately, the, you see the intent from the Wildcats to extend their defense. Sixers don't like that. They don't like being crowded. McCarran will inbound the ball from the baseline. Daniel Johnson for an open three. In and out. Great board from Drimmick. And he's called an offensive foul. It was a bit of a fend-off on Bryce Cotton. And Vaughan Mabry was right there, made the call. Well, I think there must be a, a, a threshold of MVP awards that, that you have to go over in order to get that call on the road. <laughs> he gave up an offensive rebound. Uh, Anthony Drimmick looked like he did everything he needed to do, but a uh, um, bit of mayo on the acting job from Bryce Cotton picked up the rebounding foul. Norton drives, a little handoff bounce pass to Wagstaff. Now Blanchfield, pull-up jumper from the foul line is good. So the Wildcats on the board first. They lead it two to zip. Great signs for Blanchfield. He needs to get going. And he is a fast starter. So if he can get 10 points by quarter time, they'll be well on their way, the Cats. Johnson looks for the pass inside to Franks, but it's cut off by Wagstaff. Bryce Cotton. Nice little feed inside to Thomas. Kicks it out. The ball swings around to Wagstaff. He looks at a three. That goes down for the Wildcats. Great start for them. Five zip. Excellent extra pass. Wagstaff, 50% from three on the year. Excellent decisions by Wildcats early. Thomas had the easy two, but decided to swing it out. Result in the open three for Wagstaff. Drimmick drives through the paint. Ball bobbles around and won't drop for him. Wildcats back down the other end. Blanchfield drives through the paint off the glass. Two more for the Wildcats. They lead it 7-zip. Blanchfield again. Wildcats are rolling. Cleveland at the top. Wants to drive. Opens the lane. Got a pretty good pick from Franks. And the Sixers are on the board. Wildcats lead at 7-2. Two. two minutes gone, first term. Blanchfield under pressure from Cleveland. Swings to Norton. Wagstaff, another look at a three. That one doesn't go. There's a foul on the rebound. Foul is on Mitch Norton. I'm not sure that Robert Franks would want to overhelp too much on Wagstaff. Wagstaff's been doing that for decades. Needing out open three is a very efficient shooter, so might want to fix up their defensive rotation. Obviously, the front door needs to be closed, and that way Franks doesn't have to be in rotation, but good spacing, good decisions early from the Wildcats' offense. Got another great shot there from Wagstaff. 7.45 to go in the first quarter. Antonius Cleveland into the post. Franks was uh, just moving, and Wagstaff just took the ball. Second steal in as many possessions for Wagstaff. Cotton. 
to Thomas, to Norton. The Wildcats swing the ball around the arc. Now Norton just dribbles out to the top, guarded by McCarran. Wagstaff looks at another triple, and that goes down. So Wildcats lead it 10 to 2. Seven to go in the first. Too much base from Robert Franks. Wide open. Wagstaff, absolutely. Now Franks has it at the foul line. He drives on the smaller Norton. And Wagstaff with the boards. Just what the Wildcats needed. A great start here in Adelaide. Cotton, he pulls up for three. That's long. Franks with the board for the sixes. Now McCarran has Drimmick. Left it behind for him. Very clumsy stuff, and they've turned it over again, the Sixers. <laughs> Wagstaff sucking gas. He's had his three steals already. He's been in everything, Wagstaff. Cotton through the paint. The little floater doesn't go. DJ with the board to McCarran. One of the foul. Drive through. Now the rebound to Cleveland, and he is fouled as he puts it back in. And he'll go to the line for the bonus. Interestingly, the Wildcats are only sending two players to the offensive glass and sending three back. Very, very concerned about the transition of the 36. Has done a good job so far in, in thwarting what they've got. Wagstaff tried to take a charge on that one from Cleveland. Didn't get the call. Cleveland out the line. Manik and Zunik check in for the Wildcats. And Craig Randall, the second, checks in for the Adelaide 36ers. Both teams were pretty tired after the Thursday game, too. It takes a bit of... Uh, energy to travel back to somewhere after a game. So it'd be interesting to see a lot of quicker rotations tonight. Cleveland short with the bonus. Wildcats lead it 10 to 4. First quarter action here. NBL Life for Tire Power, your trusted tire experts. Paul Bonzer, Rupert Sapwell. Landfield at the elbow. Kicks it out to Manic and he hits his first shot. There's a three-pointer from the 45. And there's that pick-and-pop action. Randall second already in for the Sixers as well, but Great start from the Wildcats. They'll be loving how they've gone. Pass inside as Thomas got a hand on it. It will be a baseline ball for the Sixers. John really, you can hear through the effects mic. He's up in front of us yelling and screaming. Just, yeah, look, I'm just checking the, the body language too. They've had Blanchfield and Wagstaff have both called for subs. So they're just out there to empty their tank and then call for a sub early. They've obviously been told by really go as hard as you can. We'll get you in and out quickly. Franks in the post, working on Manic too easy. Kisses it off the glass for his first bucket of the night. 13 to 6, Wildcats lead it. Grown man's move there from Franks. It was big boy against little boy, wasn't it? Yep. Zunik drives on Randall, then kicks it out to Manic for another three. That's short. And we'll go out of court. Sixes ball from the baseline. If you're John really, you're loving what's happening right now. The ball's yes. moving. The players aren't afraid to take their shot. They're playing. They're not playing scared. They're not playing like a team who's lost five in a row. They're playing like a team that's won five in a row. Highly confident start from the Wildcats. Bit of extended pressure from the Wildcats. Almost the turnover. Franks has it at the top. Randall, the baseline cut. And Vaughan Mabry's call to carry. The scouting report on the Sixers is if you deny their ball reversal and you blow up their on-ball actions, either handoffs or on-ball screens, control the tempo, you go well towards winning. Wildcats have done everything perfectly by the book so far. 6-13, loving their start. Oh, Zunik had the ball, gave it to Majuk. Now back to Zunik. That's short, his long-range shot. 
Ball goes off the ring and out of court will be a sixes ball. Another substitution for the Wildcats as Luke Travis checks in for Bryce Cotton. So you wouldn't want to be monitoring the subs right now. The place has gone nuts. It's, I think it would have been 12 rotations already. Sunday Detch comes in for the sixes. McCarran guarded by Zinich up the court. He's over halfway now. Gives it to Franks. Now Detch. Randall, the second to Detch. Swinging the ball around the perimeter. DJ, little handoff to Detch. Just lost the dribble for a little bit. Five seconds on the shot clock. McCarran, bit of a prayer. Franks puts it back in with a second left on the shot clock. 13 to 8. Wildcats lead it. One of the criticisms of Adelaide was their unwillingness to share the ball, but got through everyone's hands on that possession. Travis to Maddock on a drive baseline and slams it home. Great start for Brady Maddock and the Wildcats. It's 15-8. Four to go in the first. Franks swings it out from underneath the bucket. DJ tried to find McCarran in the post. Maddock got a hand in there. Turnover. Wildcats will bring it up. Travis to Webster in the corner. One of the three now drives. Kicks out to Manic. He fakes. Goes back to Webster. He looks at a three. And that Ooh, goes down as wow. well. Wildcats are hot early. 18 to 8. They are boiling. Ball's moving, getting through hands. People are taking shots with confidence. Randall the second drive, but he had his shot blocked by Majuk. Back down the other end, the Wildcats. Hand off to Travis. Kicks out to Manic for another three-point shot. And a timeout to the Sixers. You could not have written a better script for the Perth Wildcats. They are moving the ball. They're high-energy defense. They're forcing the 36ers out of their stuff. Sixers have had multiple turnovers. Wildcats deflecting. They're getting their players in and out. The bench is up. The crowd is silenced. Dream start for the Wildcats. And no emotion on the face of John really uh, after that shot either. He just turned around as if things are going exactly how I planned. So the Wildcats lead at 21 to 8. This time out is for Nippies. Nippies fresh juices. Make sure you get some of them. They are awesome. Wow. So what a start from the Wildcats. Absolutely. Couple of, couple of turnovers for the 36ers. That'll be a bit of concern for CJ. Absolutely. And, you know, they right now they haven't shown that they can handle decent pressure. They're getting deflections everywhere as well. When they're not getting the ball deflected, they're on their back foot. It's hard to reverse the ball. The Wildcats are all over them. The Sixers are being forced to run their offense almost at the half court. That's how far they're being pushed back. And, you know, the shots that they're getting are tough shots. And every time they're, they're highly contested. And, you know, the Wildcats are all over this game at the moment. They've started brilliantly. And importantly, too, for the Wildcats, sharing the ball. And I don't think Bryce Cotton scored yet. No. So, no. you know, like he's a... He's, it's a great sign. Yeah, it is he a great sign. He has one foul. That's it. And he's still on the bench. As Sunday Detch brings the ball up for the Sixers. It's a good pick from Harris, who's playing his first minute. Sunday Detch took the triple. That was short. Kicks it back to Randall, the second. That was long. Soto on the court for his first minutes. Can't control the ball. Goes out of court. Randall's not going to get a better look than that from three-point land. He was uh, too close, maybe. Rebound. Yeah, that's right. He has got some unbelievable range. So he's still finding his feet. Manic has had a very good start to this one. Brady Manic has eight points. Wildcats lead at 21 to eight. Three minutes to go in the first quarter. 
Thought about another three, did Manic then into the post. Majuk Majuk working on Soto. Good D from Soto. Not sure that that's the mismatch they were after there. I think Soto's got Majuk covered in the post. Craig Randall, the second. Works into Soto. There was a foul there, surely. Ref let it go. Soto scored anyway. Nice strong finish from the young man. Got deep position. 21 to 10. Wildcats lead it by 11. Cernic at the top to Manic. Swings it to the corner. Travis. The single dribble. Then the shot is short. Soto with a big board. Detch will bring it up for the sixes. Now goes to Randall. Baseline's wide open. I reckon Webster got a hand on that and stole it to Zunick. He drives off the glass, can't finish, but is fouled by Sunday Detch and will go to the line for two shots. Yeah, turnovers. Real problems for Sixers at the moment. They'd have four or five. I don't know what the stats say there, but, yeah, way too many turnovers. Wildcats are creating those turnovers, just forcing him into rash decisions. Yeah, five turnovers already, so to zip. way too many. Way, way too many. You, sh you should be on about ten for the game, so... They're tracking poorly the Sixers and all to do with the Wildcats' defense. Antonius Cleveland checks back into the game. In fact, he's not allowed to check back in at the moment. He has a bit of a wry smile on his face. I think it's, uh, yeah, in America you're allowed to check in then, but maybe not Australia, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why either. Zunik hit the first, hit the second. Now he can check in, and Bryce Cotton checks back into the game as well. 23 to 10. Wildcats lead it by 13, 2.06 to go in the first quarter. This is NBL Live for Tire Power, your trusted tire experts. Detch brings the ball over half court. Now swings to Harris. Handoff to Randall the second. The double team comes. Cotton and Wagstaff gets it to Harris. Swings it and to Antonius Cleveland. Three on the shot clock. Glides in. Can't finish. Tough shot. Sixes with the O-board. Detch looking for Soto underneath. And they've turned it over. It's white knuckle stuff for the Sixers offense. They cannot get anything going. Wildcats are all over them. We've seen this before in this building this year. Corey Webster looks at a three. Harris with the board. You just look at where the Sixers have to run their offense, way away from the basket, and the Wildcats get to place you know, their offense exactly where they want it. So, tale of two different defensive pressures at the moment. Soto in the post, working on Travis. Big block from Thomas, but he was fouled. And Soto will go the line for two. Thomas didn't think he fouled, but... There's well, a lot of body there. He was there. He just brought yep. his arms down. That's what made it. He could have stopped. He, he was. He did enough. Yes. Soto wasn't going to get the shot up, but as he brought his hands down, it just looked like a foul. Blanchfield checks in for Luke Travis. Kai Soto is at the line for two. Trying to close the gap to 11. Normally a pretty reliable foul shooter. Makes the first. Yeah, nice touch for a big fella, for sure. Still got those yellow wheels, Rupert. I wouldn't have got away with those. You needed Hawaiian shoes back in your day. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't have them. <laughs> makes the second. Wildcats lead at 23-12. A bit of extended pressure from the Sixers. Now Cotton, guarded by Cleveland. 
Blanchfield at the top, wide open, can't finish. Oh, that was a dodge the bullet there, the Sixers. Total defensive breakdown. Blanchfield, excellent three-point shooter. Wide open, just missed it. Craig Randall, the second. From way downtown. Well, actually, it's probably a bit like a layup for him. He likes to get that dribble into that. He gets that yeah. rhythm with his dribble, and, and, you know, that's just too much space for, for Randall. Blanchfield at the top. Drives to the foul line, working on Randall. Kicks back to Thomas. Couple of steps inside. His ball doesn't drop either. Great O-board from Blanchfield. Well done. Todd Blanchfield. 17 seconds to go in the quarter. Webster has the ball. Dribbles to the top, fake the three, swings to the corner, Wagstaff. Now he drives clumsily on Soto and draws the foul. That's the veteran for you. <laughs> Deliberately clumsily. Yes. He, he, he dribbled sideways into Soto, master of through the head the back. Foul. Yeah. Now he wants now he wants foul shots. He reckons he was shooting as well. Great work from Jesse Wagstaff. Will be a baseline ball for the Wildcats. Six seconds to go in the first quarter. Cotton has the ball in his hand from the corner. Got the shot up and was fouled. Antonius Cleveland is saying, no, I didn't. Let's review that, coach. But Cleveland's saying he didn't touch him. And we'll just wait and see if CJ first quarter. Normally the coaches are a bit reluctant. All right. He has challenged it. Okay. You're going to see how aware... Antonius Cleveland is this is fouling because you know I hate it when you have to review a, a, a call in the first quarter and you, you get that wrong and then there's going to be five other times when you really need it later in the game he's not going to be able to get it so big call from CJ and you know coaches like to back their players for sure yes and, you know if that was on how many fouls Cleveland has got no, no foul. No so, foul, so it will be his first. Yeah, if now if that was his second foul or something, maybe that's an extra bonus. You go, oh, you try and get out of that foul. But, you know, at the end of the quarter, trying to not let Bryce Cotton get some some uh, shots to get his eye in. There's a, you know, you can see yep. why they did it, but, oh, geez, costly. Timeout is for Nippies, fresh juices. And we've got 2.7 left in the first quarter. Wildcats lead it 23-15. We have a coach's review. Antonius Cleveland fouled Bryce Cotton, according to the referee. And we're just waiting for that review to be complete. Well, it's a big difference between going in, you know, 11 down and 8 down for sure. So, you know, you think that Bryce Cotton's going to nail all three of these free throws. So, yeah, definitely worth it. We're going to find out now. It does depend on the camera angle too. As Vaughan Maybridge is talking to the camera, we can't actually hear what he's saying. Oh, so it is two shots, not three. Okay. So Cleveland can't believe that the foul has called on him. He still thinks he fresh-aired him. But Bryce Cotton will go to the line for two. If you're the coach and your, your player goes, nah, I didn't hit him, and then it cl clearly shows that he did hit him in the replay, you go, oh, well, I'll not listen to you again. Now Cleveland's going, come on, Bryce. I didn't foul you. Surely you can overturn it. And, and it might have been a position where the camera angle just doesn't show it clear enough, and therefore you've got to stick with the ref's call. True. It's something you don't see every day. Bryce Cotton missed a foul shot. No. As the crowd is denied a cheeseburger as Bryce Cotton makes the second, 24-15, 2.7 left on the clock. Ball comes into Randall. 
Drive to half court and throws it out of court. Didn't get a shot away. Good D from the Wildcats. So quarter time, the Wildcats lead it by nine. 24-15 here at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. We'll have a break. Come back for the second quarter action. This is NBL Live. Trusted tyre experts. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. The Wildcats lead it at quarter time, 24-15. Sapper, uh, stats, any interesting stats in the first quarter? Oh, well, you don't need to go past the turnovers. Adelaide, seven turnovers to Wildcats, zero. Wildcats, six steals. Obviously, then, you know, zero steals for Adelaide. 11 points to zero off turnovers. It's all about the Sixers' inability to hang on to the ball, which is generated by the Perth's up-and-in tenacious defence, getting deflections, forcing the Sixers into errors, and that's way too high. Sixers demolishing the, the Wildcats on the boards, 13 to 7. That's also, you know, because they're missing so many shots. But Wildcats, known problems on the board, so that's going to script. What's not going to script right now is that the Wildcats are taking the Sixers out of their offense and forcing them into a lot of turnovers, and that's where they're getting their points in transition. Tembio live for tyre power, your trusted tyre experts, Paul Bonzo, Rupert Sapwell, here for the every Adelaide 36ers home game this year on your home of sport, SEN. And the big chief in the building, Hutchie, sitting up there. He's happy at the moment. His Wildcats are up 24-15. And playing very well as well. It's uh, And it's Bryce Cotton with one point at quarter time. That's a new story. I should have mentioned that yes. in the stats as well. So it's everyone else. We talked at the start of the game. Who is going to step up other than Bryce Cotton? Well, the answer is everyone at the moment. Wildcats start with the basketball. Thomas, handoff to Norton. Guarded by Cleveland. Off the screen. Cotton pulls up for three. Offensive board to Thomas. Back to Cotton. He missed another shot, Bryce Cotton, but the rebound from Blanchfield put it back in for two. Wildcats 26, 36 is 15. Two offensive rebounds in that sequence from the Wildcats. Way to get on the boards. McCarran to Randall at the elbow to DJ. Into the post. Soto travelled. Made the basket, but it won't count. Another turnover to the 36ers. Just leaving so many points you know, on the table there by not getting a shot up. Blanchfield has the ball. Wagstaff at the top, and that was a bit messy. And the Wildcats turn it over. Cleveland, Eurostep makes the bucket. He's got such balance and control. Oh. He's just cat-like in his balance. It's so, so good to watch. It was awkward. Tony is Cleveland. Because his leg power was so Looks strong. Looks graceful, though. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it does. It's right. Long steps. 26-17. Norton to Cotton at the top. Tried to feed Thomas. And pass was just a little bit behind him. Come to Daniel Johnson. To straight down the lane. DJ found him, and he's flushed it down the hole. <laughs> oh, oh, and the crowd's gone wild. DJ smiled. <laughs> Couldn't <No>. believe it. <laughs> it seems forced, but it was there. We saw it. Oh, it was a no-look, beautiful pass to Soto, and he can finish. I mean, he gets up so high. So, you know, we're at the, almost at the same point in, uh, you know, it's a two-point lead in this quarter to the Sixers. So early timeout. Um, to John Reilly and the Wildcats. We just didn't like what was happening at the offensive end. Yeah. A couple of turnovers, a couple of, you know, missed shots, and, you know, quick one to make sure that the Sixers don't get a run on, and 
boy, can they get a run on. So probably a savvy timeout from really there, stopping any momentum that the Sixers might have been able to gather. But there's a bit of life in the crowd right now. You can feel it. Certainly can. And uh, I think... <laughs> Part of the reason DJ smiled is that Soto jumped at him as, as far as just he had to grab him and stop him from falling over. That's why I don't think DJ was expecting that. It was a bit comical. There's not too many humans that are expected to catch a seven-foot-one man jumping at them, are there? So, no. You know, normally the other way around, I'm sure. But that's the exuberance of a young man, and DJ, who's seen it all before, got dragged into it just momentarily. Game face back on now, and uh, order it. is restored in the universe. So the Wildcats lead at 26-19, and that timeout was thanks to Nippies. Nippies Fresh Juices. 26-19. Wildcats lead at 8.35 in, to go in the second term. Cotton swings it to Wagstaff. Little handoff to Blanchfield. Stripped. Stolen. Randall the second. Pulls up for a long range bomb. Hits the front of the iron. Goes over the back. Looked good out the hand yeah, too. Yeah, had a good view of that right from behind for sure. And another turnover for the Wildcats. The Sixers notoriously bad at generating steals at the other end. But their rotations have been on point. They've been looking after uh, their rotations. And the big guys, and we've been talking about it before. Yes. Try, it looks like they've figured out that high on ball screen defensive action. At least for the time being. Bryce Cotton will bring the ball up, guarded by Randall II. Gets a pick from Wagstaff. Now gets a pick from Thomas, so he takes the three. Hits the front of the iron, big board from Cleveland. He got a good look at it then. He did. Cleveland drives, and he was fouled. This will be on Mitch Norton. It is. And that's Norton's second foul. So it'll be a baseline ball to the Adelaide 36ers. McCarran to Cleveland on the 45. Just waits for McCarran, gives it back to him at the top. Daniel Johnson has it. Now swings it to Drimmick, who drives, floats it in. Oh, tough finish from Drimmick. Thomas did a really good job rotating over, and Drimmick had to hold that ball all the way outside of his body and got the user-friendly roll. Oh, fantastic pass from Thomas. A bounce pass to Webster, who laid it in. 28-21. Yeah, no communication on the weak side there. Drimmick is top-blocking the high, high screener. Oh, that's a charge. Franks absolutely mowed over. Wildcat and uh, you know got an offensive foul, but the defensive rotation back there for the um, for the Sixers not there, so that's why they got that layup at the other end. Yeah. Robert Franks just uh, was a steamroller, and Mitch Norton, Mitch Norton was the, was the, was the pitch. <laughs> he just went straight over the top of him. Seven point lead to the Wildcats. Seven minutes to go in the second term. Paul Bonzer and Rupert Sapwell with you at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre for NBL Live. For tyre power, your trusted tyre experts as Wagstaff shoots an air ball and has a smile and then checks out after that. As he apologised to John, John really has a bit of a bit of a laugh. When you've got six championships at home, you can afford to laugh at an air ball. Absolutely. You know, Wagstaff has an amazing record of success over his time at the Wildcats. Daniel Johnson on the 45, puts the ball on the pine and then 
Dribbles in and lays it off the glass. Two more. Back to a five-point game. 28-23. Wildcats lead it. Slowest blow-by ever. <laughs> Thomas. Another steal. Another turnover. McCarran to Cleveland. Who finishes at the glass. Sixes are coming. Back to three points. Well, it's all been about the defense or the lack of care on the offensive end from the Wildcats. Too many turnovers from the Wildcats. Flipping the script on what happened in that first quarter. Norton comes out to Manic. He looks at a three. That looked good out the hand. That was sweet. Oh, can shoot. Beautiful arc on his shot. And Franks was there that time. Franks hasn't always been up and in, but he was absolutely there. Over and back violation from the Sixers. Couldn't see much there because the Wildcats were standing in front of the our commentary position. But the flip back to Mitch McCarron while he was still in the backcourt uh, derailed the momentum of the Sixers and Wildcats will get another shot. Six minutes to go in the second term. Wildcats 31, 36 is 25. And as Luke Travis checks back in with Majuk Majuk for the Wildcats. Travis with the ball guarded by Drimmick. Just a couple of lazy dribbles at the top. Now Cotton. Cleveland in his pocket. Goes to Webster, who drives on McCarran. The fall away from Webster. Can't finish. Great board from Majuk. Goes into the corner. Sloppy. Will be a Wildcats ball. A few hands in there. I think Robert Franks was the last one to touch it. Good to see Majuk Majuk. You know, strong arm that one out. That's what the Wildcats need. Someone ferocious underneath the glass there. Sixers can't afford to give up too many second shots with momentum. And Bryce Cotton drove through the key. The ball did a couple of laps of the ring, but then decided to go in. Well, Cleveland's making it pretty hard on, on Bryce Cotton, but able to get a little bit loose there and a nice calming layup. 33-25, the Wildcats lead it. Daniel Johnson at the foul line. Great cut from Drimmick. Nice feed from Johnson. He's fouled. He'll go to the line for two. Fouls on Manic. Drimmick's an excellent complementary player for the Sixers because he does a lot of his best work off the ball. Cuts fast. Hits an open shot when it's there. Crashes the offensive glass. He's, he's found his niche here, and, and he's playing very well so far this season for sure. And found his way into the starting lineup. He's at the foul line for two shots. First one short. 5.30 to go. In the second term. Crowd hushed as Drimmick's at the line. Makes the second. 33-26. Manic with the ball. Hands off to Cotton. Guarded by McCarran, gets the pick from Manic. Now back to Manic, swings to Travis on the 45. He drives baseline, looking for Majuk. They've turned it over again, the Wildcats. McCarran just holds it up. He goes back to Drimmick. Drimmick drives. Back to McCarran at the foul line. Kicks to Franks. Franks, the fall away is pretty. Nice shot from Robert Franks. Gets it back. To a five-point ball game, 33-28. Wildcats still lead it. Five to go in the second quarter. Cotton, double-teamed. Swings it to Travis. Wide open. Look at this one. In and out. Drimmick with the board. Anthony Drimmick over half court. Gets to the top. 
There's to Daniel Johnson. Cleveland in the post on Cotton. Too tall, too strong. Gets the finish. And was fouled by Travis on the arm. Will go to the line for one more. Ball getting through hands. DJ made the nice feed. Saw the mismatch. Cotton guarding Cleveland in the post. Cotton sent the ball baseline. The help wasn't there fast enough. Cleveland able to hang high enough in the air and long enough in the air to draw the foul. Much better performance by the Sixers in this quarter. And it is, I, I feel like they've got a solution to that high on ball defense. The, the high guy is finally showing. They've gotten rid of the drops coverage is where the big guy just waits down in the middle of the key. Cotton's too good for that. Yep. You've got a high show. He's forcing them to get the ball out of Cotton's hands. They're finding the roller in the rotation, but there's a second line of defense from the Sixers, and they're making the Wildcats pass that extra pass, and the Wildcats are turning it over at the moment. So wobbly quarter for the Wildcats, very much like what the Sixers were doing in the, to themselves in the first quarter. So tale of two defenses for uh, two quarters. This time out, thanks to our good friends at Nippies. Nippies Fresh Juices, they are superb. Make sure you do yourself a favour and go buy yourself a Nippies. And this is NBL Life for Tyre Power, your trusted tyre experts. Paul Bonds or Rupert Sapwell with you. And it's been a, a game of two quarters, really, which uh, most basketball games are when you're almost at halftime. <laughs> but uh, the Wildcats lead at 33-30, but the Sixers have outscored the Wildcats 15-9 in this quarter to close that gap. It feels like more, for sure, and the Wildcats now will be looking to try and get an easy basket. Cleveland's going to get another shot at this to draw within two, and that timeout for really would be about trying to get a good shot down the offensive end without turning the ball over. It's all been about all about the turnovers in this quarter for the Wildcats. The bonus for Cleveland rattles in, and he'll have a seat as Sunday Detch replaces him. Some good minutes from Cleveland. Defensively very good on Cotton. They don't lose much with Detch coming on to replace him defensively. No. Travis drives through the lane and lays it off the glass. That's good from the youngster. Oh, Off-footed layup high over 6'11", Daniel Johnson. Athletic finish. Detch almost broke the ankles of Webster. That's why they heard the ooze from the crowd. Randall the second drives baseline. Little pass back to Franks. His shot was long. Cotton. That's the ball. Outside the perimeter. Double team. Lovely feed to Majuk underneath. Easy bucket for the Wildcats. 37-31. Well, there was a breakdown on the, on the weak side again. Normally that, so far this quarter, the Sixers have been sending that second defender from the weak side. They were dozing on that one. Easy layup for Majuk. Wide open three from Daniel Johnson in the corner. Doesn't go, but Robert Franks is there to put it back in. 37-33. Three and a half to go in the second term. Packed house here at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Webster to Travis. Couple of dribbles at the top. Spin move on Drimmick is short. And Drimmick got the board and he was fouled by Luke Travis. In the context of the game, you know, it's it's like the Wildcats are forced to rely on Travis to be more aggressive. But in the context of his career, it's great that he's trying to do that. Yeah. You know, he needs to be able to put some points on the board. And his team will desperately need them this, this year. We talked about that pregame. Who's going to step up and be that second scorer? Now they're struggling to score. Bryce Cotton's getting his. 
a little bit. But who's the next guy? Travers is certainly trying to step up right now. Made a nice bucket that one before and got a very good shot there. Just rimmed out. Good to see Travers aggressive. Four-point lead to the Wildcats as Sunday Detch brings the ball over half court to Randall. Back to Detch. Gets the pick from DJ. Now kicks to the corner. Drimmick. Back to Detch. To Randall. Good ball movement from the Adelaide 36. It's first time we've seen that this year. Randall cannot finish. But it was good ball movement from the home team. Thomas down the lane and stuffs it home. 39-33. Well, a couple of uh, relaxing layups from the Wildcats. Sixes, as you call the Bonds, sharing the ball really well. Offense looks significantly better than it has in previous games. Sunday, Detch, a long three. Nothing but cotton. And not the Bryce kind. Wildcats, 39. 36 is 36. Two to go in the half. Cotton. Again, the feed into Thomas. And just a little finger roll from him. Two more. What the Wildcats are doing is placing Brady Manick, an excellent shooter, on that weak side. Sixers reluctant to rotate off that. Anthony Drimmick, he's all open for a three. Hits the back of the iron. Cotton with the board. Drives down court. Good hand in there from Randall the second. Goes back the other way. Gets to the foul line. Hands off to Detch. Back to the corner. Randall, four, three. And the crowd erupts here. We'll have a substitution for both teams. Sodom McCarran in for the Sixers. Wagstaff in for the Wildcats. Two-point game, 41-39. Wildcats still up. Real chess match going on here as well. Substitutions to mess with the Sixers' defensive rotation. Early turnovers in the second quarter for the Wildcats brought the Sixers back into it. Now we've got a game. Game on. Minute 30 to go in the first half. Corey Webster goes to Thomas. Outside the arc. Wagstaff with the cut. Then the kick out to Corey Webster for three. Big bomb from Corey Webster. Big bucket as we close in on halftime. 44-39. Yeah, great find from Wagstaff. Got double teamed. Found Webster wide open. He was his man that doubled. Found the extra pass. You don't give him those extra shots. Randall the second to Detch. Soto at the foul line. Nice feed to Franks, who was cutting to the hole. Finished off for him. Back to a three-point game. Great game of basketball we got for you now. 44-41. Webster from the same spot. That one's short. Franks with the board. McCarran running. Soto cut to the hole. Cotton got a hand in there. Ends up in the hands of Randall. Drives to the foul line. Little feed underneath the Soto! Sharing the ball. It looks so good. If you're a Sixer fan, you haven't seen this all year. You call the bombs. All year. So, uh, yeah, there's something about that. Everyone's unselfish. They're making extra passes. And, uh, you know, we've got an excellent game. Both teams executing really well offensively. Webster drives in the paint. Soto was there for the block but couldn't get a hand on it. Made the two. 46-43. Eight seconds left in the half. The ball is in the hand of Craig Randall the second. Guarded by Wagstaff. Down to two. He shoots from the car park. <laughs> Craig Randall the second. <laughs> Ties it up at halftime. Wow. 
Everyone in the building knew what was going to happen, Bonds, but they didn't think it was going to happen from that far out. He gave it an almighty hoik, and it went in. Oh, why is there a break? Keep playing, boys. Oh, the NBL is fantastic, and we come to see players like Bryce Cotton and Craig Randall II. That was ridiculous. We'll catch our breath, take a break, and come back and have a look at the first half. This is NBL Live. Welcome to NBL on SEN. For tyre power, your trusted tyre experts. Around to Wagstaff, he looks at a three. That goes down for the Wildcats. Great start for them. Travis to Maddock on a drive. Baseline and slams it home. Goes back to Webster. He looks at a three and that goes down as well. Wildcats are hot early. Back down the other end, the Wildcats. Hand off to Travis. Kicks out to Manning for another three-point shot. And a timeout to the Sixers. Comes to Daniel Johnson. To Sky Soto with the alley-oop. Swings it to Travis. Wide open. Look at this one. In and out. Grimmick with the board. Gets to the foul line. Hands off to Dench. Back to the corner. Randall for three. Drives to the foul line. Little feet underneath the Soto. Guarded by Wagstaff. Down to two. He shoots from the car park. Greg Randall the second. Ties it up at halftime. Ridiculous. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre halftime here. We're tied away at 46. This is NBL Live for Ty Power. Get a grip on safety. Paul Bonzer and Rupert Sapwell with you. Sapper, big quarter for the Sixers there. It was, and they had a, had a big quarter they needed because you know, they were deplorable in that first quarter, and, and the Wildcats did exactly what they wanted to do. Hadn't turned the ball over at all in that first quarter. The Wildcats forced the Sixers into six turnovers themselves. They had 11 points off turnovers to zero after that first quarter. But then the, the it's like the script absolutely flipped and it was exactly the opposite in that second quarter. Wildcats turning the ball over early, igniting the 36ers running game. They got a little bit uh, you know, sorted in that sort of latter half of that second quarter, the Wildcats, and maintained the lead. But then breathtaking finish from you know, that, that man Craig Randall III to tie it up. And we've got what I think has been the best half of basketball all round that we've seen in this building all year. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and uh, just get on social media's uh, post-game and have a look at that. Craig Randall, the second three-pointer on the halftime to tie the game. This place just erupted. And, you know, and we, we wondered what sort of Craig Randall we would see because he didn't travel to to um, Illawarra. Yes. Sixers got a good win without him. And, you know, you go, oh, well, you know, the ball moved and, you know, because Craig wasn't, you know, holding the ball all the time. And then he came off the bench today and what, you know, he's got a supersized ego, as most of these men do. How does his ego handle that? And... 10 out of 10 for his response because he didn't come in and try and bomb away. There was no, you know, fobbing off his teammates. He passed the ball, a willing passer. He got players open when he needed to take the shots. He did. But the Sixers' ball movement, it's like a light bulb has gone off with them. And they just, they realised how important it is to get the ball. And, you know, he... Randall's still going to get his points, but he just did it in an efficient way. Still got his shots up, and it just seemed so much happier out there, you know? And the ball was moving a lot. And you got to say that, you know, the games that they've lost in this building have been against 
superior defenses to the Perth Wildcats. But the Wildcats were very, very good defensively in that in that first quarter. So it wasn't like they were inept. They were being very, very good. They can forced a lot of turnovers. Sixers have still got 10 turnovers in a game, way too high. But both teams are shooting really well. So, you know, field goal percentage, 56-57% from the field for the Sixers. That's just burning. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll give you the uh, scores before we go to a break, Rupert. Uh, for the Sixers, Cleveland 11, Franks 10, Craig Randall the second, 9. And for the Wildcats, Manic 11, Corey Webster 10, and Blanchfield 6. All right, we'll take a break. Second half action coming up your way after this break. It's tied away at 46 apiece at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. This is NBL Welcome to NBL on SEN. The tyre power, your trusted tyre experts. Just about ready to start the second half here at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. We are tied away at 46 apiece. Paul Bonds and Rupert Sapwell with you. I mean, join the call on your home of sport, SEN, all through WA and South Australia tonight. Happy to bring you this cracking game of basketball. It's the best game we've seen all year so far. And it's going to go down to the wire. And it will be a Wildcats ball to get us underway. In fact, no, it's a 36ers ball. As Antonius Cleveland will bring the ball back in. Same starting five as what we had at the start, Rupert. Yes, and you want a better start from the Sixers in this third quarter because the Wildcats dominated that first. All tied up, 0-0, effectively. So McCarran goes to Daniel Johnson, back to McCarran outside the perimeter. Now back to Johnson on the 45. Little feed to Drimmick who drives. And it's stuffed home by Robert Franks. Good two-man game between Daniel Johnson and Anthony Drimmick. Opened up a driving lane, forced the rotation. Frank snuck in behind for a baseline dunk. Excellent execution, Sixers. And Cleveland got a hand in on Cotton, got the steal. Tried to finish, couldn't. Thought he was fouled. But the Adelaide 36ers lead for the first time tonight, 48-46. And there's an offensive foul on Tashan. On Deshaun Thomas. Sorry, Deshaun. They're contentious calls, those ones. I'm a, as a screener myself. Moving I, screen. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to get a little bit of purchase on the player I'm screening, but I don't like that too much these days. Most of the stars are the little guards you're trying to hurt. <laughs> second, second personal foul on Thomas, so no real danger. And the pass from Daniel Johnson is cut off by Cotton. Good D from McCarran to keep him out. Cotton wanted to drive. Now he goes into the post. Thomas working on Daniel Johnson. Got him out the way. Couldn't finish. Did all the work. Mr. Mr. Gimme in the end. Pushed Johnson out of the way. Got a real good position. Cleveland drives through the key. Graceful. Hits the back of the iron. Wagstaff with the board. Well, as pretty as that first half was, the second half is ugly. A lot of scrapping and hustling now. People are settling down and it's getting dirty, this Might game. Take them a few minutes to get their act in the gear. Blanchfield, his three. Doesn't go. Robert Franks is a long board. Now Drimmick on the 45 to Johnson. Feed in low to Franks. Good passing again from the Adelaide 36ers. They have a four-point lead, 50-46. The Wildcats have to front Franks on the on the low post. Daniel Johnson came from the weak side, was able to get that pass over the defense for an easy layup for Franks. Good execution, Sixers. Another assist to Daniel Johnson as well. He's up to six now. 
Thomas takes a wide open 15 footer and that goes down Wildcats first points of the half nice looking shot from Deshaun Thomas maybe he can add a little bit more of that 50 48 sixes lead it McCarran outside the arc now to DJ at the top little feed to Drimmick Drimmick drives can't go off the glass and DJ can't finish the putback Good body work inside from DJ, though. Effective screens and had a good shot of the O-boards. Blanchfield to Thomas to Norton. Kicks back to Wagstaff. Long range three from Jesse Wagstaff goes. He's got such an efficient shooting style. Just textbook. Wildcats back in front. 51-50. Robert Franks has a look at a three. That's short. Thomas, the board underneath. Brings the ball up the court himself. Wants to hand off to Cotton. Then fakes the handoff. Goes all the way. Finger roll. Beautifully played, Thomas. And the Wildcats out by three. 53 yep. 50. Fake the handoff. Two defenders went with the roller. They open layup. Cleveland swoops to the hoop. Nothing there. Franks taps it out of bounds. New Wildcats ball and three so substitutions everywhere here. Travis Webster and Manic in for the Wildcats. Soto and Randall the second in for and Sunday Detch as well in for the Sixers. So the rolling substitutions keep happening, Sapper. Well, there weren't too many breaks in play. No. So, uh, that was about the first time the whistle had blown and there's a few gasps and sighs of relief from the players. NBL Live for Tyre Power, your trusted tyre experts as a foul's called by Vaughan Mabry. Just has a chat to CJ just to keep his advice to himself. <laughs> you don't mind that from Sunday Dets, though. You know, yeah. Sixers have got to establish a defensive tempo that they haven't done effectively so far this year. And by putting pressure on Webster all the way from the basket there, the front line, the, all the back line see the effort that he's putting in. Bryce Cotton into the paint. His floater doesn't go. And then he steals it. Snuck up on Franks. Manic from the top. Another three-point bomb from Brady Manic. Wildcats out by six. He's probably having his best game as a pro so far, Manic. That beautiful-looking shot. wet, as they say. And it's a uh, yeah, six-point lead to the Wildcats. They're back, and Manic's giving them some excellent offensive input. Manic with 14 points. Step back from Franks, and there's a foul underneath the bucket. I think it's going on Kai Soto. It is. Now Brady Manic ended up on his butt on the court. A little push from Soto. He's not going to win too many physical battles, Manic, is he? So, you know, what's his point of difference? It's that shooting. He's got it going tonight, 100%. Webster to the foul line. And was off balance and still hit it. So, an eight-point lead opened up by the Wildcats. They lead at 58-50. And it's a timeout thanks to Nippies. Quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. Well, it didn't seem like the Sixers have been able to get anything going so far. Manic hit a couple of, you know, hit a three and you know, a couple of offensive boards and some nice movement from the Wildcats. And Sixers have been stuck on 50 for a little while now. And Wildcats with all the movement at the moment. So 10 to 4 in this third quarter for the Wildcats. Manic with 14 points. Corey Webster 10. I was just going to say during that little, uh, little 
I guess, CJ, when CJ was up talking to the ref, Corey Webster was the one that fouled. And obviously old teammates. And uh, Corey had a bit of a chat back to uh, CJ. Back to CJ. And CJ just yeah, couldn't, couldn't help himself. He had to burst into laughter and sit, <laughs> and sit down. So that uh, little by-play between the two ex-teammates. There's a lot of chest thumping and, uh, you know, gamesmanship in all this. But... This basketball in Australia is still a quite a small fraternity. Yes. And, you know, there's such as the player movement throughout the years that there's still a lot of friendships between groups. And even in, you know, mortal sworn enemies, the Wildcats and the Sixers, there's still, you know, no love lost on the court, but players always catch up afterwards. It's a good place to be. 5.30 to go in the third quarter. Wildcats by eight, 58 to 50. Sunday Detch. Ball in hand at the top. He drives. Little feed to Harris. Hiram Harris off the glass for two. Nice job from Sunday Detch there. Got downhill, forced the rotation. Hiram Harris slipped in behind it. He's not a three-point shooter or a known three-point shooter, so got to his easy place. Good execution from the Sixers out of timeout. 58-52. Cotton to Manic. Looks at another three. And that was in the moment it left his hand. Manic up to 17. Red hot. You're seeing the Manic that John really recruited. Long range bomb from Sunday Ditch. And he screams at the crowd, let's go. 61-55. 4.40 to go in the third. Webster at the elbow. His little floater. Doesn't quite go. Soto with the board. Now Randall. Catch and shoot from a long way out. Doesn't go. Majuk with the board. Travis. Manic wide open for another three. <laughs> Looked good off the hand too. Just couldn't quite get the result. Good old-fashioned heat check there. 61-55. Driving through the key. Randall the second shows his class. Back to a four-point game. 61-57. Four minutes to go in the third. Webster guarded by Detch. Hands off to Majuk at the top. Now to Cotton. Closed down by McCarran. Still took the shot. Majuk, great board. Kicks it out to Webster. They'll set it up for a good shot here. The Wildcats. Goes to the foul line and throws it into the crowd. Does Corey Webster. Good second effort by Detch. Detch is... You know, there's a lot of defenders who will defend over one screen. He got screened twice in that one, fought over it, got back into position. Webster didn't have the shot because Sunday Detch was still there. High energy, high reward for Detch, and that's the type of sustained defensive effort that the Sixers need to see more of. 61-57, Wildcats lead it. Harris with the ball for the Sixers. Little feed to Randall, the second. His shot is short. It's the front of the iron. There's a foul. Off the ball, it's on Hiram Harris for a bit of a shove. Will be a Wildcats ball. It's been third offensive possession in a row, or defensive possession in a row, where Mannix ended up on the ground or being pushed. He's putting his body in front of the Sixers' offensive rebounder, so at least he's making a contest of it. Webster got the handoff in the paint. Pulls up. Can't finish from about a metre and a half. Craig Randall the second. A couple of dribbles between his legs. One behind his back. Gets to the foul line. Floats in. Another two. Lays it in. 
Well, they're going to try and force him off that three-point line, but he's a very, very accomplished finisher on either side of his body when he gets into the paint. Two-point game. Wildcats lead at 61-59, 2.43 to go. This is NBL Live for Tire Power, your trusted tire experts. Good extended pressure from the Sixers. One on the shot clock. They won't get one away. And they'll turn it over, the Cats. We haven't seen that type of extended pressure from the Sixers all year. This is a different 36er team than we've seen in any of the games, really. Randall was up uh, controlling that one, but there's hard, aggressive switches. Both teams are putting it all out there. This is a very, very high-quality game. Hope you're enjoying it wherever you're listening. Sunday, Detch has the ball. Couple of dribbles, almost lost control. Got it to Soto, who tried to feed Randall. Fake one way, back the other way. The shot doesn't drop. Travis with the board. And he'll dribble up court and just pull it up. Swings it to Webster. Webster gets a pick. And hits the... No, he doesn't hit the triple. Sixes with the board. You're seeing a good, aggressive Webster as well. If you're a Wildcats fan, you're happy to see that man start to take over as well. 1.42 to go in the third quarter. Wildcats lead it by a bucket. Anthony Drimmick thought he had a three. He's slightly long. Travis with the board. So no one can score in the last two minutes. Thomas hands off to Norton. Wants it back in the post. Guarded by Soto. The step back is short. Drimmick with the board. Still no one can score. Minute 13 to go in the quarter. Harris drives all the way on Travis. Good D from Travis. Ball comes out to Webster. He kicks it and a good hand in by Randall. The second goes out of court. Well, that's an excellent deflection from Randall. Both Drimmick and Hiram Harris fell over at the offensive end. It was a five-on-three break. Everyone in the building thought that was an easy bucket for the Wildcats. Outstretched hand from Randall, tapped it out of bounds, saved a couple of points for his team. Wildcats ball from the sideline, minute four to go. They lead it by two. Both teams have stopped scoring the last couple of minutes, finding it hard to put the ball in the hole. Thomas, hand off to Cotton. He won't find it hard, but he does not go. Rims out, and the Sixers with the board. Randall the second, walks it up. Now the little feed to Franks. The cut from Drimmick is pretty. Outstanding execution from the Sixers. Randall gave that ball to Franks early on the roll. Duck in from Anthony Drimmick from the corner. Franks found him. Great execution. 61 apiece. 35 seconds to go in the third. Wagstaff outside the perimeter. Now Cotton. Back to Wagstaff. Fake the three. Then puts it up. Hits the front of the rim. Great board from Blanchfield. But can't finish. Randall. Forward pass to Drimmick. Who pulls up. No three. Point gone. Anthony Drimmick. You, you wouldn't have shot it. He had 19 seconds on the shot clock. Sixers should have held it. He got a three-pointer for his team. Now Mitch Norton is fouled by Craig Randall the second. He'll go to the line for a couple of shots with 2.3 left on the clock. Yeah, that's the argument against taking that early shot from Drimmick. He was feeling it. It was one-on-one. -on -one. He pulled up with a three-point like, you know, questionable shot at the best of times. But it went down. Sixers enjoy a three-point lead. But with Mitch Norton on the line, chance for two. 
and there'll be 2.3 seconds left if the Sixers can get something out of it. Your mate JR's not overly happy, shaking his head in front of us. So, Sixers lead at 63 to 61. Not sure, I thought the wasn't it 64, 61? Or yeah, I felt like that just was. questioning. So maybe there was an added an added point on yeah, somewhere. Maybe, maybe Drimix pulled or up Drip, with the two. Yeah, Drimix maybe maybe that was it. So put on the line from Anthony Drimmick as Norton misses his first. The crowd's hungry. They want a cheeseburger. Mitch Norton, pretty reliable. Oh. Rattles it in. <laughs> the crowds are happy. One second to go. Randall throws it over the backboard. Nearly kills a spectator. But that's three-quarter time. 36 is leaded by a point. 63-62. I want to say something about that last shot from Craig Randall. When you're an import and you get paid to be a shooter from the three-point line and he guards his stats. I know he guards his stats, right? But in the context of this game, he threw up a Hail Mary that counts on his statistics. And someone, you know, I, I, I don't care what anyone says right now. Craig Randall wasn't thinking about Craig Randall right then. He was thinking about his team. Certainly wasn't. We'll uh, take a break and come back. Sixers lead it by a point. This is NBL Lives. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Three-quarter time. The Adelaide 36ers lead it by a point. Paul Bonzerub at Sapwell. And Sapper, they just announced that this is the biggest home crowd ever for an Adelaide uh, at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre for a Sixers game. 9,071 people. Fantastic. And, boy, are they being treated to an absolute ripper right now. One-point game at three-quarter time. Virtual tied away at halftime as well. It has been a superb game, and it hasn't been a mucky drag you down game. The offense has been flowing enough. The, the defense has been good enough to disrupt it at times, but this has been a high, high quality game from two very talented and well coached teams. It's been a classic 36ers Wildcats game, and we're here for tire power, your trusted tire experts on NBL Live. Going down to the wire. Ten minutes. Who gets the win? We should have free basketball. We should go to overtime. It deserves it. <laughs> Cotton. Heading that way. To Norton. Now to Thomas. Goes to the foul line. Working on Daniel Johnson. Oh, that was pretty. Up and under off the glass. Two for Thomas. You get the feeling like he's holding something back on his game. That was a very smooth move. And... You know, that can be something that they can look forward in this fourth quarter to if the offense breaks down one-on-one -on -one with DJ isolated on Thomas at the top. He's up to 10 points now. Sean Thomas, Cleveland, at the elbow. He got fouled and will go to the line for a couple of shots. That's on Bryce Cotton. Mitch Norton would have been unlucky to get that foul because Cleveland basically ran up the back of Mitch Norton who was guarding someone else and was gotten from the side that pushed Cleveland into it and Cleveland knows against Bryce Cotton he can get any shot he wants close to the key he's going to have to jump over him and Cotton's going to use all his savvy professional now to try and keep him out of the key but that's another intriguing matchup in this fourth quarter Antonius Cleveland makes the first ties it up at 64 another amazing stat so Bryce Cotton still has three points that's scary rather than exciting if you're a 36er fan and for Wildcatch, you know, he's 
Um, it's also a breath of fresh air because your teammates are helping him out. Six is leader by a point. Here's Cotton. Goes to Norton. Now Thomas gets the handoff from Cotton. He pulls up for a three. Here he comes, Bryce Cotton. Just doubled his score. 67 plays, 65. Antonius Cleveland floats to the basket. He's fouled by Blanchfield. We'll go to the line for another two shots. The, uh, the hush came over the crowd when Bryce Cotton hit that one. They're, they're probably thinking the exact same thing this commentary booth was. Talk, talk the... about the kiss of death. Yeah, geez, he hasn't done much, Here he comes, he? here he comes. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a superstar. and You just want to see him with the ball in his hands. Yeah, he has to work so hard to get it too because McCarron was making him work hard. He came off two or three screens and handoffs and passing the ball back. The amount of effort that he has to expend to actually get open is incredible. McCarron and Cleveland done a fantastic job on him tonight and Cleveland knocks down his second ties it up at 67 apiece just a minute played in the final term Cotton on the 45 Tony's Cleveland in his pocket to Thomas who wants to drive on McCarran double team comes from DJ almost got the roll but not quite Daniel Johnson with the board pushing it up court the sixes Drimmick on the 45, goes to McCarran now. Sixes will set for a good one. 12 on the shot clock. He drives, takes on Norton, and can't get the finish. But got the board, then had his legs taken out. Physical. Norton to Blanchfield. He's going to drive on Drimmick. Franks came to help and fouled him. Drimmick thinks it's on him, but it's not. It's on yeah. Franks. Drimmick is has been known to react. It's the second foul on Franks as Corey Webster checks into the game for Mitch Norton. No one really on foul trouble for any either team. Most anyone's got two. Considering the physicality with, with which this game has been played, it's been quite a clean game. So, baseline ball. Webster to Cotton. Back to Webster. On the 45, drives on McCarran, kicks out to Wagstaff, who fumbled. Somehow got it to Cotton, and he can't finish. Blanchfield, O-board. The swat came from McCarran. Big oh, oh, dunk! Oh, wow. The Tomahawk from Thomas. That pumped up John Rilly. They lead it by two, 69-67, the Cats. Serious white-knuckle stuff. The level of energy at both ends. Long range. Three from Robert Franks. And he nods his head and says, yes, thank you. 70 plays, 69. Cotton has a look at a three. Looked great out the hand, but it was a little short. Drimmick with the board for the sixes. Yeah, good shot for Cotton generated. Just a little bit short on the shot. McCarran on the 45, goes to Cleveland in the post, guarded by Cotton. Good help deep from Thomas, and a foul comes. I think it's going to be on Bryce Cotton. It is. And Antonius Cleveland will go to the line for two shots. Well, it's just the force of athletic stamina, I think, for Cleveland. He's just up and quicker at it. There's a lot of, and, you know, Perth right now and throughout the rest of the season have had their torturous moments in the glass and uh, when it comes down late into this game, those possessions are going to be so important. Rebounds are extra possessions, essentially. Cleveland doing a great job for his team getting an extra shot. 
That's a third foul on Bryce Cotton as Antonius Cleaver makes his first foul shot. Seven minutes to go in the game. This is the NBL Live for tyre power. Your trusted tyre experts as Cleaver knocks down the second. He wants a sub as Deck. Sunday Detch checks in for him. Sixers lead it by three. Manic back in for the Wildcats as well. Bryce Cotton walks it over halfway, then gives the ball to Webster at the top. Now with Thomas. Guarded by DJ. Just hangs on off him a little, DJ. Now the handoff to Webster into the paint. The fade away doesn't drop, and the ref's called a foul here. I think they've called it on Daniel Johnson. <laughs> and as you can hear by the crowd, the crowd doesn't agree. Oh, highly engaged, isn't it? It's a lot riding on this game. It's coming down to the wire. It's been an absolute beautiful game. Still plenty of time, actually, Bonds. There is really? 6.39 to go in the game. Bryce Cotton, ball in hand. Got it from the inbound to Webster. Now goes back to Webster. He took a three that was an air ball. Crowd will love this. And the Sixers will get the ball from the baseline. I don't mind the shot by Webster, though. It can't be the Bryce Cotton show. You know, he's tired. He's having an off night. You've got to have guys like Webster step up. And you can't make shots if you don't take shots. Wildcats need Webster to get going in this final quarter. Franks working on Thomas. Good D. But Franks even better. The pull-up jumper from about 10 feet goes down. Well, that's just an elite player making an elite move. The offense has slowed down for both teams. They're running in mud right now. They're tired, coming off a second game of a weekend. And, you know, it's really just about playing from memory now. But Frank's just made an, an elite move. Five-point lead to the Sixers. Cotton. Has it outside the perimeter, pulls up for three, goes in. Bryce Cotton's show is just about to start, ladies and gentlemen. It's late to the arena, but uh, plenty of game left. 5.50 to go. Sunday Detch, the 45. Little cut from Harris, kicks out to Robert Franks, right in front of us, can't make the three. To Sean Thomas with the board. Bryce Cotton up to nine points. Drives to the foul line. Kicks it out to Manic in the corner. He was fouled by Harris. And yeah. it will be a sideline ball. We've got a great seat. You can see the, the expressions, the theatre, the emotion that's going through this. It's not, it's not jaded old pros punching their clock in this game. There is a lot on the line. And it's, uh, they're just slogging it out now. They're just two battle-weary gladiators. Just a fantastic game of basketball. Timeout. Thanks to Nippies. Quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. Timeout to the Perth Wildcats. Adelaide 36ers lead at 74 to 72. We have 5.29 left in the game. I'd love to see an overtime, Salah. I'd yep. love it. Yep. It deserves it. It's been an outstanding game so far. Still 5.29 to go, so plenty of time. So, you know, but people are engaged. Everything's going on. Okay, yeah. What a night of what a night of sport. Yes. It's so, so good. And, uh, you know, I've seen plenty of games, and I'm 
Uh, I feel like sometimes I feel like Statler and Waldorf, those old guys from the Muppets, jaded old people, you know, Graham complaining the about the game, you know. And so, <laughs> I, 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 but I know a good game when I see one, and yes. this is an outstanding game. Like, even the rusted on... 36 of Faithful have been there forever and seen everything. They would love this game. They'd love the way that their team is playing and the Wildcats have brought it because the Wildcats have taken some hits in these last few weeks. They have. And they'd have every reason to come over here and lay down against a, a very, very good offensive team, but they have brought everything and thrown everything at the Sixers. They should be proud of their effort regardless of the result tonight. 5.29 to go. Sixers lead it by two points. 74 72. Bryce Cotton has the ball in his hand. Kicks it out to Travers, who drives. Kicks it back to Cotton for a long range. Three! <laughs> Bryce oh, Cotton! So good. Puts the Wildcats in front. <laughs> John really is loving every second of it. Said <laughs> he's the first out of bounds player they've run all year that's worked. <laughs> and that's because Bryce Cotton made an incredible shot. He did. And there's a foul here on Thomas. 75-74, the lead changes again. Uh, you got to love that. That's what you get when you sit here, sit here, court. So we're very lucky to be sitting here, but just to get that interaction with John really. Well, he's got Brett Maher there. He won a championship with him. He lost a lot of card games to me. You're hopeless at cards, Marzi. Were no. you hopeless at cards? That's what he reckons. I was uh, talking about really, but sure. Oh, really? Ma Marzi's, oh, okay. Marzi's crap at cards as well. Brett <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ma sitting next to us, doing some fine work on ESPN. Robert Franks has the ball. Sunday Detch almost lost it. Randall, two on the shot clock, has to put up a bomb. Drimmick had it, lost it, somehow got it up. Shot clock run out. No, John no. really is screaming. That was, the rub was the right call. The shot clock did reset because they tapped it into the ring and it hit the ring. So, correct call by the statisticians, the shot clock and guys, but Wildcats with the ball. Manic underneath and gets the bucket and the foul on Harris. And Manic will go to the line for the bonus shot. Wildcats out by three as DJ and Cleveland check back in for the Sixers. Well, there was a breakdown there. Manic was the pick, and then he rolled, and there were two guys on Cotton, understandably, but no one from the weak side to rotate because they had shooters. Well, they actually don't have the shooters on the weak side in that one, so just a breakdown from the Sixers on the weak side. Brady Manic makes the extra bucket, and he's up to 18 points now. In fact, make that 20. Four-point lead to the Wildcats, 78-74. We've got 4.15 to go in the game. Craig Randall drove to the hoop, couldn't finish. Good deep from the Wildcats, comes up with Travis. Now to Cotton at the top, guarded by Randall the second. Shake and bait, goes down again, Bryce Cotton. Three triples in a row from this superstar. And he's up to 15 points, and the Wildcats lead it 81-74. We said it's going to come. The, the Bryce Cotton show was coming. It's here. It is here. The band is here. The marching girls are here. They're all parading around Bryce Cotton. It's been all him in this fourth quarter. Manic has had some 
outstanding contribution as well. And that's what they needed, the Wildcats. They needed that second scorer. Manic has been the one. He should be the one because he is the other import and he's supposed to be a scorer. So he stepped up an outstanding time. Plenty of time left if you're a 36 a fan. 74-81 with four minutes to go. You tend to like to be, if you have four minutes to go, within 10 points. Well within that boundary now. Yes. And considering the offensive firepower of the Sixers, the Wildcats certainly know that this game's not over. But they've done everything right in this fourth quarter. Sixers not able to manufacture anything real productive out of their offense in the last couple of minutes. This timeout is for Nippies. Quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. This is NBL Live for Tire Power. Your trusted tire experts, Paul Bonza and Rupert Sapwell calling an outstanding game of basketball with the Adelaide Entertainment Centre in front of a packed house. There's only a couple of hundred spare seats. The biggest crowd for a 36ers home game at the Entertainment Centre. 9,071 people packed in here. Randall II drives, blows past Travis. Oh. And somehow it didn't drop. Did everything right. Couldn't have been more inside that hoop, the ball. And it just bubbled out. Now the feed in from Cotton was a bit clumsy. Craig Randall, the second. Kicks to the corner. Anthony Drimmick likes it from there. In and out. Wildcats board. Oh, two very good looks for the Sixers. Couldn't have asked for better offensive possessions, in fact. Bryce Cotton. Hands to Thomas. Now to Manning. Outside the perimeter at the top. And that word was perimeter. Cotton drives all the way. The little floater from Bryce Cotton doesn't go. There's a foul. I think it's going to be on Anthony Drimmick, who is not happy. This is on Anthony Very Drimmick. late call. I don't know what happened there. And Luke Travis, I think, will go to the line for two. I think they called it on the rebound. Well, that's their fifth foul. So regardless, it's going yep. to be a two shots. You, you can't assume on a rebound tip-in that the rebounder is tipping it in. This is real obvious. So Drimmick checks out. Mitch McCarron checks back in as Travis hits the first of his two shots. 82-74. Wildcats lead it. Makes the second. It's now a nine-point game to the Wildcats with three minutes to go. And a great last quarter on the back of Bryce Cotton for the Cats. Randall the second on the 45, gets the pick from Johnson. Now goes into the post, guarded by Travis, wants to back him down, DJ. Foul by Manic will go to the line for two. Nice patience from the Sixers. Clock is not their friend, but I felt like they got a very good shot there. Randall could have, you know, he had a mismatch with Thomas guarding him from the perimeter and we've seen in the past that he would you know, very gladly yo-yo the ball and get up a contested three-point shot which he's prone to make but made that extra pass to Johnson in the in the keyway and got a couple of free throws so patient play from Sixers and Randall Daniel Johnson makes the first and makes the second 76 to 36ers Wildcats 83 Seven-point margin, 2.49 to go in the game. Extended pressure from the Sixers. Manic over half-court, got it to Webster. Webster on the 45, just dribbles around to the top. Now to Thomas, 
to Manic. Six on the shot clock. Ball with Cotton. Back over his head to Manic for three. Wow. That's a big bucket. Incredible. And a 10-point lead. How's the pass from Bryce Cotton? Unbelievable pass. Daniel Johnson thought about a three and then travelled. Not happy, Daniel Johnson. 2.17 to go in the game. Well, Sixers need something special well, now, Rupert. Something more than special now. I think Bonds, they're uh, behind the eight ball significantly. Bryce Cotton to Manic. Manic with 23 points. Easily his best game for the Perth Wildcats. Bryce Cotton pulls up for three. That's long. Antonius Cleveland, big board. Just has to run all the way down the court. Lays it off the glass. He got one from one end to the other in about two seconds. His stride length is otherworldly. <laughs> Eight-point game. Wildcats lead it. 86-78. Foul from Robert Franks on Manic. Be a sideline ball. There'll be two shots now there in the bonus. Oh, it is two. Not bad. That's a third foul on Franks. He's got... Uh, Brady Manick's free throw shooting percentage up with the way he's shooting tonight. You have to imagine that these are nothing but net. 86 plays 78. First one drops. It's like a regulation. Manick up to 24. Make that 25 points. Massive game. Huge. 10-point game to the Wildcats. McCarran goes all the way and is fouled, and he'll go to the line for two. Foul is on Thomas. I like the timing of the drive from McCarran taking the shot. You know, the, the Wildcats don't want this clock to stop. They want that to keep going, but, you know, five seconds after the ball went through the hoop down one end, McCarran's down at the other end, and the clock stopped, and he's got a chance to get a bucket. Can't make the foul shot. The skipper, Mitch McCarran. 10-point lead is now down to a 9-point lead, 1.36 to go. They need to get the ball back, the Adelaide 36ers, but it's in the hand of Bryce Cutton. Yeah, you can't foul him. Foul Thomas, though. Now goes to Thomas. Almost dribbled it off his own foot. Then drove, kicked it out to Luke Travis. Oh. Wide open three. Doesn't go. Franks, the board. Dribble straight down the middle of the court. Pull up from just inside the three. And the Wildcats have the board and probably have the win now. Looks too far away from the 36ers. Agreed, Bonds. I think it's a incredible last quarter from Cotton and Manic. Here's Bryce Cotton. Nine seconds on the shot clock. Drives around at the foul line. Kicks out to Thomas. Fake the three. Goes back to Cotton, who cannot make it. A couple of bounces on the ring. 46 seconds left. Driving hard. Robert Franks makes the bucket, gets the foul. Will go to the line. And John really wants a timeout with the score. 88-81, a seven-point lead to the Wildcats. A timeout for Nippies. Quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. Stop, stop, stop. Well, there's still going to be another foul because there's not three possessions in this game if they're allowed to dribble out the shot clock, the Wildcats. So there's going to have to be fouls. John really will be subbing in his best free throw shooters to shoot the free throws and ice this game. So Franks has got to make this 
and one free throw to make it 82-88. That'll be a six-point game, and you you really got to get three three possessions in if you're the Sixers, so, and hope that the Wildcats just fall over themselves at the free throw line. That's kind of where we have to be at the moment. There's going to have to be early fouls up the floor. Denied Cotton the ball because you can't have Cotton shooting the free throws because that's as good as a bucket. Try and force it into non-shooters, of which maybe Travers, but uh, looking at who they've got on the floor, about to put on the floor the Wildcats and some good shooters there. Maybe Thomas as well, so deny everywhere else. And no, try Thomas has fouled out with that foul. All ah, right. So, so he's, he's out still, of the game. I don't know if he's realised that yet because he's still, he's still sitting down. And they're putting him there. Jesse Wagstaff will come in for him. Yeah, so good shooters. Travis might be the least likely to make a free throw, although he's been pretty solid tonight as well. So good shooting group on there. Six is going to have to fail early. In, you almost need a steal. You need a clean steal for yep. the Sixers to be any chance. Robert Franks is at the line. It's a seven-point game. Just to get it back to five, there's 42.4 left on the clock. So it's just got the bonus shot here. So it gets it back to six. 88-82 as Wagstaff and McCarran just having a little little cuddle on court. The common denominator in any of those scuffles is Wagstaff. Extended pressure comes, almost the steal. The outlet pass to Wagstaff. Now Webster and Trimick has to foul. And we'll put Webster on the line. Worth a shot, though. They had a quick double team and had a crack at that inbounds, that secondary pass back. Cleveland missed it by a fingernail. That would have certainly made things interesting. Webster now has been in these situations before. What's he like? Corey Webster nails the first. 89-82, seven-point lead to the Wildcats. And three-possession game, importantly, for the Wildcats. Makes the second. Back to an eight-point game. McCarran to Cleveland. Who wants to drive on Wagstaff. Draws the foul. Makes the bucket. And took about three seconds off the clock. It's 28.3 to go in the game. Well, Wagstaff's better off just letting that layup happen rather than taking a swipe at it. Gave him an extra point. Still 28 seconds left. Not unfathomable. Uh, bonus shot for Cleveland to get it back to five points. You'll see the extended pressure again from the Sixers. And he makes it. Sixers need a steal. In fact, uh, they're just holding it up here, the refs. And again, a bit of push and shove between McCarran and McCarran shaking his head. Well, the game's going on. They had an easy inbound to Cotton, and they blew the whistle to stop it to help the 36ers get their defense set. Crowd up and about. Cotton with the ball in the backcourt. Almost the interception. It is an interception. Antonius Cleveland to Randall. The second is short with a three-pointer. And McCarran fouls Webster. They got what they wanted, Sapper. And Randall had a good look at a three. And it was short. Gee, the steal from Drimmick put his whole body in the line. Got cleaned up by Manick, who was coming through. Drimmick still... Shaken after that, but he made an incredible play at that. Boy, what, that would have changed the complexion of the game, absolutely. Might have been the last crack at it for the Sixers. 17 seconds to go as Webster makes his first foul shot. 91-85. 
as Webster makes his second seven-point game. And we've got a timeout to the Adelaide 36ers. Thanks to Nippies. Quench your thirst with Nippies this summer. This is uh, NBL Live for Tire Power. Your trusted tyre experts, Paul Bonzer and Rupert Sapwell. It's been a fantastic game of basketball. And on the back, as you said earlier, on the back of Cotton and Manic. Manic with 25 points. Cotton with 12 points in this quarter. Yep. And Webster with the ice free throws as well. It's, it's yep. A lot of attention is going to be paid to Cotton, but Cotton smart enough to be, to know that he can give that ball up to Webster and he's going to nail those free throws. Interestingly too, and if you're listening back at Perth, there was a, it wasn't a popular signing, Corey Webster, because he, he, he was signed a few years back and then went out and then asked for a release out of that contract and went overseas. And of course, they didn't sit well with the Perth faithful, but he's back. There's a bit of grumblings, but if you're a Perth Wildcat fan, well, you know, he's paid for his signing tonight at the very least. He's been very, very good. He's enabled Bryce Cotton to take rests because, you know, it was tough for Bryce Cotton, particularly in the first three quarters. And that enabled, you know, because he took the offensive burden from Bryce in those first three quarters. And now Bryce has rested enough to be able to come back out here and do that. And that's exactly why they got Webster in. You can't have yeah. Bryce playing 40 minutes a game. You've got to have someone else with a offensive first mindset to keep the score ticking over and he's done a great job of that tonight showed his class as Corey Webster definitely 17 seconds Sixers will inbound the ball McCarran to Franks they need a quick bucket Franks drives and lays it off the glass for two 92 87 13 seconds to go in the game Webster they've got a foul again and they do foul they'll call that on Cleveland so 10.2 seconds left in the game. Yeah, he's Cleveland's letting the referee know about it. Don't get a tech foul on extra one. But, you know, referee did the Sixers a, a favour by calling that early foul. They weren't going to get a steal out of it. Would have been an extra rotation. So stops the clock. Gives them a chance. 92-87. It's a five-point game. Corey Webster. It's a very hopeful Hungry Jacks chant with Corey Webster at the line. He hasn't missed yet. It's been absolutely magnificent. He's up to 17 points, and this will make it 18. Not a problem whatsoever. Nine seconds to go in the game. Cleveland tries to drive past Webster. It fell to McCarran. He put it in for two. Back to a five-point game. 3.7 on the clock. Wildcats get the ball in, and that will be it. As the ball remains in the hands of Brady Manick, fittingly. He finished with 25 points. The Wildcats upset the 36ers at home, 94 to 89. After five straight losses from the Wildcats, a great performance from them. Well, they were trending upwards, uh, despite losing at home to the Jack Jumpers, who are a very, very good team. I felt like they were doing things well and they came out and that first quarter was outstanding 24 to 15 set up the rest of the game for them despite Bryce Cotton being relatively ineffective offensively for the first three quarters we've seen explosion from the great man in that fourth quarter Brady Manick as you said all game bonds was absolutely outstanding we saw the Brady Manick that they hoped Brady Manick would be he was excellent from the three-point line especially and Corey Webster down the stretch of the free throws Wildcats did enough tonight it was outstanding for them yeah, they were fantastic and uh, deserve their win. Their coach, John, really, your mate. Got a bit of a smile on his face now, Sapper. Yes. 
<laughs> loves it. He's competitive for sure, and Mike Kelly the same. You know, they've done a, a load of work, and you know that'd be a, a lot to a lot of build up and a lot of anxiety released for the Wildcats, both players and coaching staff. But they were very, very good tonight, and take nothing away from the Sixers. They played an outstanding game as well. It was just high, high quality at the end, and it was one of those ones where it was just a, a, a minute break where the Sixers missed a couple of shots and Wildcats came down and hit a couple and Bryce Cotton got going as Bryce Cotton can do and you know, just Sixer fans will leave disappointed but could not be any more entertained than what they were tonight. It was an outstanding game. They were very, very good and we spoke before the game about their two imports. Uh, one of them today had his best game for the Wildcats, Brady Manick. He had 25 points. He was probably, his outside shooting was fantastic, but uh, Bryce Cotton and him and then Corey Webster, the, I guess the strength at the foul line to just knock down shot after shot when he was fouled late in the game. Yep. Uh, it just gets them over the line. And, and in the end, a, a pretty easy five-point win. Well, yeah, <laughs> as far as easy five-point wins goes, uh, clear play of the game, Brady Manick. He was six of eight from the three-point line. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful-looking stroke. He was uh, real clean, good with his looks. Sixers gave him a little bit of a look at the start of the game, and he got his eye in. And towards the end of the game, when people are running in mud, he's still a good shooter and got free again. And what I credit some of that for is that... Uh, you know, Bryce Cotton, who draws so much attention and then a, a hard roll to the basket, meant that they had to help off Manic, who was on the weak side early on in the game to stop that roll, and he got open. So yeah. it was the structure of the offense from John Reilly and Mike Kelly, the Perth Wildcats coaching staff, they were able to get Manic his shot. And so they just placed their personnel in the right places, and Manic was up to the task today. He was excellent. So we'll try and grab... Uh one of the players, or maybe Mike Kelly uh, might wander over if we can catch his attention. Um, maybe not, he's ignoring us at the moment, but uh, we'll see what we can do as far as uh, getting someone over just from the Wildcats just to have a chat with us. And um, once again, the Wildcats, uh, the Wildcats uh, led by nine at quarter time. Scores were leveled at half time. And uh, Sixers led by one point at three-quarter time. And the Wildcats get the win by five points. And we'd like to welcome to NBL Live assistant coach Mike Kelly. Thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. Good to be here. After five straight losses, your boys were just fantastic tonight. They showed a lot, a lot of heart. Yeah, I think they were um, just defensively into it and uh, showed from the start. Um, then we were nice enough to give the ball back a lot in the second quarter, and Adelaide took advantage, made some shots. But, uh, yeah, the guys played through, which was great. Um, yeah, I thought that, uh, you know, your, your offensive adjustments to have Manic on that weak side weren't able to help off that. And then sometimes you put the ball, um, you know, into... Uh, no, Bryce Cotton's hands, but Corey Webster had the ball at many times yep. and he had Manic and Cotton on the weak side. Zero weak side help. That enabled you to get a couple of nice little pick and rolls that loosened that up in that third yeah. quarter when you got that momentum back. And I felt like the structure of your offense was really good tonight. Yeah, you know, Brady made shots and uh, fantastic. More for him than for the group probably. But uh, for all of us, really, he just... Uh, 
he's just been going so hard and uh, great to see him make some shots and just put so much pressure on the defense and opens up and that's what it's supposed to look like so it was really good for him what's been a narrative for him coming out of the wall he, he's a baby he's he's straight out of college so you know yeah. what and this is a very very good league so you know what's been the the narrative from the coaches to him about you know his mindset well you know shoot or shoot and uh and he is a shooter uh, the great thing is that I thought he contributed on both ends. Like, I didn't see his stat line in the end, just that he scored a bunch of points, made a bunch of threes. But uh, he was his effort defensively, he was all over the place. Um, and so it was really just keep doing the things defensively that we need you to do to play good team defense, and your shot's going to fall. You know, John really was a shooter. Um, thinks he still is. And, uh, and he knows that you got to let shooters shoot. So... Uh, it was great to see Brady just stick with it and, and come out here. He's been driving himself into the ground um, to get himself on track shooting-wise and uh, may not be the right way, but it's his way, and uh, he's trying to get on track, and, and it came together tonight. Well, he's not likely to draw any eyebrows in the weight room, is he? No, he's, he's, he's not a strong fella, but what I, what I liked about him is there were three or four times where he ended up on the ground on a, on a defensive rebound because he's putting his body yeah. in front and is actually trying to wrestle with much stronger men at the yeah. moment. Now, you know, I'm sure that you know if he wants to get to the next level, whatever that next level is, that his strength is going to be a thing, but for right now, that shooting stroke is looks about as pure as it gets when it's yeah. going. No, and, and I think the skill can overcome the strength part of it maybe a little bit at yeah. times, but if uh, if you're not shooting, you need, need to be able to be pretty strong. So I thought him and Tayshawn in the middle there on those short rolls, finding guys, was really good. Um, so it was nice to see that. Coming into the, the game, uh, no secret that the Sixers don't do well against pressure defense. You mentioned that in the first quarter, their willingness to play defense. You know, they're, you're forcing the Sixers way out past the three-point line mm. to run their stuff, and they weren't able to get much effective going in that first quarter. Dream start as far as the scout goes. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, you know, when we weren't sure where Randall was health-wise, how much he was going to play or how... Uh, you know, in the first quarter, it was like, okay, maybe he's a little sore. And then he uh, he showed that he wasn't too <laughs> sore. He played through it and uh, and played well. But it, we tried, especially with him, to try to get into him a little bit. He still did a great job um, of making adjustments and just backed further up a couple times and made shots. And uh, tough to guard. But, uh, yeah, guys did a good job of that. What I thought, Bonds and I thought the same thing, was you saw the best version of the 36ers this year. They moved the ball more than they have all the way through and it wasn't through lack of pressure it was just that their willingness to move the ball is coming along yeah so i felt like you beat a better version of the 36ers than other teams have beaten hmm. so far Interesting. so yeah. so um you know you forced the best out of them and they they you, you know they nearly br brought it but yeah. you know you guys hang t hung tough and then bryce gets going in that fourth quarter yeah, yeah before we let you go uh, just a word on bryce cotton his last quarter he had three points up till three quarter time and then just basically put the team on his back in that last quarter yeah no he um yeah it was great to see other guys step up and i think yes. bryce would tell you the exact same thing because he's been fantastic this year scoring the ball um also just going uh four quarters every game and uh i think he would love he's probably sitting in the in the locker room right now just saying great job fellas for for carrying the load for a little while of course uh, and then he just took over in the fourth but yeah, he's special. My favorite play was his rundown um, steal. I think he, he, I don't know if he turned it over or just missed a shot, but uh, got yeah. yeah, he got it straight. It was, that was amazing. Like his effort is second to none, and uh, and he's 
he stayed the course with these guys and so it's just great to get one win and we'll move on from there Appreciate you stepping in and uh, and uh, spending a couple of minutes with us. Uh, great win and congratulations and all the best for the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mike Kelly from the Perth Wildcats there uh, just having a quick chat with us. What we might do is take a break and come back and wrap this game up. The Wildcats winning 94-89. to 89. This is NBL Live. Welcome to NBL on SEN. The tyre power, your trusted tyre experts. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Crowd just slowly making their way out. In fact, most of them have already made their way out of the Entertainment Centre. If you're just joining us, what have you been doing? We've seen you've missed a great game of basketball. The Perth Wildcats got home 94 to 89 in what was an absolute thriller. And uh, the Sixers led by a point at three-quarter time. And the Wildcats came home, outscored the 36ers and got the win. Rupert, uh, they they were fantastic in that last quarter. They were awesome, the Wildcats. And, you know, it was Bryce Cotton's show for sure. Blew that game open and then iced you know, from the free throw line late in the game by Corey Webster. But, you know, Brady Manick, player of the game, absolutely outstanding. Six for eight from the three-point line. Um, you know, he's a, he's a catch-and-shoot shooter. So, you know, but he was open and he was yes. he's got that rainbow, beautiful rainbow jump shot working tonight. And on 32 made field goals, Wildcats had 24 assists. Like, that's an outstanding return. You're not going to get that type of number from the Sixers because they're so dribble oriented in what they're doing. Although, yeah. we'll talk about the Sixers' improved offensive movement later. Yes. But it was uh, that fourth final quarter from the Wildcats and Bryce Cotton in particular was, you know, what you expect Bryce Cotton to do. And it's just, you know, when the game's tight and they've both got zero energy left and there's nothing, you know, and, and here comes Bryce Cotton, who's been kept quiet all night, you know, and Tony is Cleveland and Mitch McCarron did an absolutely outstanding job on Bryce. Now, he missed some shots that, you know, he made in that fourth quarter, but, boy, he has to work so hard to get that stuff. And, you know, he was got a couple of clean looks and made them and, um, you know, the execution was good, the patience was there and... and much was made of the Wildcats rebounding inefficiency or deficiency and they won a rebound. They won a rebound count for the first time this year. So the Wildcats haven't been doing real well rebounding wise but got enough. They won the rebound count 39 to 38. Not a big win but certainly enough to be competitive there and Deshaun Thomas got nine rebounds to be the best of um, his teams and and I... uh, yeah, I thought, you know, what, is, what does he actually bring? Like, he didn't have a very strong first half. And, you know, a lot had been made of, you know, whether they get rid of Brady Manick or that he was underperforming. But, you know, A, he turned up. And then Deshaun Thomas had an excellent all-round game. Nine rebounds, 12 points, four assists as well. So, you know, very good team performance there. And as you heard from Mike Kelly earlier, Bryce Cotton didn't have to do it all and would have been the happiest guy in the gym. Yeah, and, and you expect that from... From yeah, Ross Cotton, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, this is NBL Live for Tire Power, your trusted tyre experts. We're just wrapping this one up. Um, let's uh, talk about... Uh, Manic was fantastic, but I also thought that uh, Sean Thomas probably played his best game for the Wildcats as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you, you, do, uh, you know, people in this league, who are making decisions on what sort of personnel they get, they're doing... You know, volumes of work. So, you know, both Thomas and Manic have shown over a longer period of time that they're worthy NBL players, but they yep. just haven't 
found their their what they're good at and what they can get consistently in this league. And you know, I'm not sure of Thomas's you know, professional background, but Manic is fresh out of college, so. You know, that's a whole new world being in the Australian Professional League, which is a very, very good league. And he struggled, you know, eight points a game over his first, you know, seven, eight games. And, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit of struggle town. But tonight you saw what the Wildcats had seen in him, which was outstanding shooting. He got open enough. And, um, you know, Robert Franks gave him a little bit too much room early. And, and you know, now that I've, when, as the game unfolded, you saw why he was doing that because the defensive rotation was supposed to be helped from the weak side. So Robert Franks is helping off the weak side early in the game, enables Manning to get a couple of shots because he's on that weak side as someone to space the floor, gets a couple of open looks, knocks him down, he gets going. Confidence is an amazing thing. Yep. So Manning was excellent for sure. And now that I've seen and had a good look at Deshaun Thomas, he's not... He's not a go-to scorer guy, but he had double-figure points today, which was probably a bonus. But he is going to be a guy who makes good decisions. So he gets, he's getting his assists because he's setting that high screen on Bryce Cotton. Bryce Cotton's making that little pitch pass to him at the foul line, and then he's making that second pass out to someone who's shooting. So that's where he's getting assists from. He's making good decisions. So um, he's a bit of that, you know, gap filler type of import there and and uh you know, supposed to be complementary to what the wildcats hoped would have been a Corey webster uh bryce cotton brady manic led offense and that was what it looked like tonight because they were you know they were the three main scorers um bryce cotton fun to watch in that last quarter wasn't it yeah you know and uh he's beaten the 36s who of course is uh you know we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to win but boy bryce cotton what a treat perth wildcats fans have had in him and I keep hearing that his citizenship is close to being done, and yeah, uh, and I again I've heard it from another source. Like it should be done. Like it, it should be in the mail. So, you know, imagine him as an Australian. Do you put him in the? You know, and this it's the constant argument. Do you put him in the Boomers side? Like, you know, uh, is he the next Paddy Mills? What if Paddy Mills? You know, Paddy Mills can't play when he's fifty. Bryce. Cotton, oh, they're probably good. Probably good. Yeah, probably good. <laughs> probably good. But he's that type of. He, yes. he can be that Paddy Mills guy because Paddy Mills is that scorer. And you know, if you have to sub Paddy Mills off because he's getting older, can you sub a Bryce Cotton in to do the same role? And then you, 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 you don't have to shift the focus of your offense. So, boy, there's a intriguing prospect for Brian Gorgian to have to wade through with that. But Bryce Cotton's proven that he can, you know, do it at this level for a long time and. He's just hard to guard and relentless worker, and that's exactly what the Paddy Mills does for the Boomers. So, you know, back on Bryce Cotton, the, the Perth Wildcat, he's just uh, done it so well for so long, and, you know, you called it well, Bonds. He hasn't done anything yet, and seconds after you it's said that, It's almost a dangerous sign yeah. when, when the star players go into a last quarter below what their average is. Yep. Look out. And, and, and Marzi used to do this as well. And I always remember when Marzi had had, you know, maybe half a dozen points till yep. three-quarter time, you, you knew that he was going to stand up in that last quarter. And that's right. And these are supremely conditioned athletes. So it's not like, oh, gee, I'm just going to take more shots. They just keep – they just their level of athletic performance doesn't dip like other normal humans dips. They're able to maintain that level of performance. So it looked like he was getting open more. 
That wasn't the case. No. Yeah, he was. He was. Just, he made some tough shots. He did. He, he absolutely did. And s- some of the shots that he was missing in that first quarter. But take nothing away from said McCarran and, and Cleveland for the job that they did on him. He ha- absolutely had to work hard, and there were only. I don't know, maybe one or two open shots for him all game. So he had to work for everything he got. Where the 36ers' defense gave was on that rotation off Manic. And in the second half, when his confidence is up, it didn't matter what they were doing. They tried not to rotate off him. And when they didn't rotate off him, uh, they were able to get rolls down the middle and no one was helping. So they're going to get a couple of layups there, which they really needed at the time. And that was in the third quarter. So... Um, yeah, I thought there was the, the the plan for the offense from the Wildcats and the positioning of their players relative to um, what they're doing is, yeah, incredible. So I did a really, really good job. Um, another thing that uh, I really liked about the um, Wildcats was their willingness to defend. I don't think, um, it would be fair to say, is that they haven't played very good defense at all this year and they haven't been able to stop many teams. But they knew that as a high-powered offensive uh, team, the 36ers needed to be defended a certain way. They've, you know, thanks to the New Zealand Breakers and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, they got a good blueprint on what that looked like. Yes. Which was deny all the ball reversals, hard show or double on the on-ball screens, make it hard for them, push them out. And once they push them out, the, the 36ers tend to struggle with what comes next. You know, a lot of other teams will have counters to to what is defended in the first instance, but the Sixers haven't got there yet with what they're doing. But, as we noted throughout the um, broadcast, was that the Sixers are getting better at you know, getting the ball through hands. And, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, well, that's because, um, you know, Randall started passing the ball. Not necessarily. No. You know, like, Franks was moving the ball on as well. DJ was making extra passes. Like, these well, are we, saw it. we saw it when Randall was on the bench. Yeah. We saw the ball movement early. And it just continued to, to be the same. And uh, we spoke about it throughout the whole game. And it, that was clearly the best offensive uh, ball movement we've seen from the Adelaide 36ers, home and away. Yeah, and that's a bittersweet pill, isn't it? Because, yeah. uh, you know, you lose the game, but you, you, your process is better. And, you know, the Perth Wildcats played really, really well to beat a improving 36ers outfit. So if you're CJ Bruton tonight you're upset that you lost but you're actually not upset about the process you know you, they did pretty well there they understood what they had to do i thought the wildcats forced the the you know they just played well yes you know, it wasn't like uh you know sixes were had done anything badly a couple of the rotations they didn't do it was because the wildcats were so potent on that weak side that they couldn't leave them and they enabled you know something to happen in a, in a layup you know yep. context so Yep, I thought the Wildcats did a really good job there. Very smart coaching, very uh, efficient you know, game calling in the end. And, you know, it took a bit of Bryce Cotton heroics to give them a bit of breathing room. But they closed that game out well. Webster hit all his free throws. And and the 36ers were, you know, just probably ran out of time, to be honest, because it could have been another run from the Sixers. This is NBL Live for Tire Power, your trusted tire experts, Paul Bonds and Rupert Sapwell, wrapping this one up. We'll have a break and... Uh We've got a little bit left to go, so stick around and um, we'll come back and just chat about maybe what's forward for both these teams and uh, and what uh, what the Sixers need to do. There's sort of another loss for them. It hurts them a little and they're not uh, making their way up, there, up the ladder. 
probably as as quickly as what some scribes may have thought. So we'll take a break and come back for more here from the Adelaide Entertainment Centre with the Wildcats winning 94-89. This is NBL Live. Welcome to NBL on SEN. The tyre power, your trusted tyre experts. It out, the ball swings around to Wagstaff. He looks at a three. That goes down for the Wildcats. Great start for them. Travis to Maddock on a drive baseline and slams it home. Goes back to Webster. He looks at a three and that goes down as well. Wildcats are hot early. Back down the other end, the Wildcats. Hand off to Travis. Kicks out to Manning for another three-point shot. And a timeout to the Sixers. Come to Daniel Johnson. To Sky Soto with the alley Swings it to Travis. Wide open. Look at this one. In and out. Grimmick with the board. Gets to the foul line. Hands off to Dench. Back to the corner. Randall for three. Drives to the foul line. Little feet underneath the Soto. Guarded by Wagstaff. Down to two. He shoots from the car park. Craig Randall, the second. Ties it up at halftime. Ridiculous. Landfield to Thomas, to Norton. Kicks back to Wagstaff. Long range three from Jesse Wagstaff goes. The handoff to Cotton. And fakes the handoff. Goes all the way. Finger roll. Beautifully played, Thomas. Snuck up on Franks. Manic. From the top, another three-point bomb from Brady Manick. Sunday Ditch. Long-range bomb from Sunday Ditch. And he screamed to the crowd, let's go. 35 seconds to go in the third. Wagstaff outside the perimeter. Now Cotton back to Wagstaff. Fake the three, then puts it up. Hits the front of the rim. Great board from Blanchfield, but can't finish. Randall. Forward pass to Drimmick, who pulls up. What came from McCarran? Big dunk. Oh, 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 wow. The Tomahawk from Thomas. That pumped up John Rilly. Long range three from Robert Franks. And he nods his head and says, yes, thank you. Good deep from the Wildcats. Comes up with Travis. Now to Cotton at the top. Guarded by Randall the second. Shaken bait goes down again, Bryce Cotton. Three triples in a row from this superstar. To Manic, six on the shot clock. Ball with Cotton, back over his head to Manic for three! Wow. That's a big bucket. Incredible. And a 10 point lead. He wants to drive on Wagstaff, draws the foul, makes the bucket. Crowd up and about. Cotton with the ball in the backcourt. Almost the interception, it is an interception! Antonius Cleveland to Randall, the second is short with a three-pointer. And McCarran fouls Webster. Might have been the last crack at it for the Sixers. 17 seconds to go. Wildcats get the ball in, and that will be it. As the ball remains in the hands of Brady Manick, fittingly. He finished with 25 points. The Wildcats upset the 36ers at home. 94-89. to 89. After five straight losses from the Wildcats, a great performance from them. Well, if you're listening to those highlights and you're a Perth fan, you're a pretty happy 
uh, Wildcats supporter tonight. They run out winners 94-89, just too good for the Adelaide 36ers in what was the best game of basketball we've seen this year, Sapper. Yeah, it was. High quality from both teams. Um, you know, the, the stars came out and played. They were very good. Now, Bryce Cotton was muzzled all game from outstanding defensive effort from the Sixers and still got going in that fourth quarter to blow that game out as champions do. Brady Manick, we saw him emerge as a, as a legitimate pro tonight. Can he maintain that type of form because he was outstanding six from eight from the three-point line tonight? Um, you know, we had uh, excellent performances from Robert Franks and Antonius Cleveland from the 36ers as well. They were good. Both teams executed well. It was hard, tenacious defense. There was a chess game going out there in terms of the rotations and the, and the player placements. It was just a high-quality game all round, and, and both teams came to play. We saw a, a, an improving 36ers in terms yes. of their, their offense and tried something different defensively too in terms of how they're guarding the high on-ball screen, which they've had problems with all year. So they're doing work at the training, and it's showing in games. So... You know, Sixers lost tonight, but if you're a Sixer fan, you, you know, they're trending in the right direction. And for Perth, talk about trending in the right direction. They, you know, halted that five-game skid and played like a team that has been won five in a row. From the very get-go, they were highly confident and they were executing beautifully. Zambia Live for Tyre Power, your trusted tyre experts. There's Rupert there packing up all around us here. Uh, they're starting to lift the court up already. I think there's, uh, I think it's uh, R&B Friday on a Sunday here tomorrow at the Entertainment Centre. So should we just hang around till tomorrow and <laughs> enjoy yeah, some R&B action? Yeah, I, I don't think they let people like me into R&B. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it was, it was beautiful. There was some sweet music being played tonight. If you're a Wildcat fan, they were very, very good. Yes, and 9,071 people, the largest crowd here at the Entertainment Centre for an Adelaide 36ers home game. So they're building. And and Adelaide is... Adelaide fuels their building and the fans are coming and they're all on the back to see this exciting team. And they saw a great game of basketball tonight. Sure, they'll walk away a little disappointed, but they saw a fantastic game of ball. Yeah, and we saw, you know, the Wildcats, again, were every bit as uh, part of that. It wasn't just, you know, Sixers did something to lose. They didn't. Wildcat did everything to win and they deserve that win because, uh, you know, according to the WA media, they've been copying an absolute hammering over there and, you know, they're pretty impatient for for wins, the Wildcats faithful, and they've had a good run of it so far and this is a rebuilding phase for them and, you know, they, they, but of course they don't believe in it, but... Um, yeah, they played very, very well tonight. A couple of games tomorrow. New Zealand take on Sydney. That should be a cracking game as well. Yep. I reckon what's that? One one versus two tomorrow. Yes. And uh, New Zealand are playing exceptionally well. They gave 36 of the hammering last time. Then they belted the jack jumpers in New Zealand. Well, that was down in uh, Hope. I can't it's remember it. where it was. But, yeah. you know, anyway, it was an incredible performance. And I'm calling New Zealand on that one. I think uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it wouldn't be a popular yeah, call. In New Zealand. And uh, Melbourne playing Phoenix. Melbourne, after getting their pants pulled down, uh, they go and have to take on the Phoenix, who are starting to come. Yep. They're starting uh, to build. Yep, they are. And uh, they've got their full squad finally, the Phoenix. And, you know, they are building. I think they won a few in a row. And... Um, you know, playing very well. I don't see how Melbourne United can turn it around quickly enough in that throwdown. So I'm predicting a comfortable Phoenix victory in that one. And then after that, there's a, there's a bit of a break. 
so um, the next game says so there's a weekend off and then the next game for the Adelaide 36ers is Thursday the 17th of November they will take on Melbourne United in Melbourne and Perth on the same night uh, will play at home against the Phoenix yeah well yeah that's annoying because I'm loving where the NBL is at the moment can't get enough of the NBL but I'll give a little bit of a hiatus for the Boomers. You know, they're, they're uh, exciting to watch as well. Mitch McCarron will be part of that, as will uh, many other NBL stars. So, yeah, good chance to get that going. And, and good on the NBL for allowing that to happen and not um, forcing the, you know, the Australian well, the Boomers to send over a, a team of um, players who aren't NBL standard. So, got a good opportunity to continue to qualify for the Worlds there, the Boomers, and you know, after the success of the Opals and the uh, World Championship there, where Australian basketball is running on a high and can't wait to get back into it. Give you the leading scorers for the Wildcats. Brady Manick had a, a, his best game for the club, 25 points. Uh, he was fantastic, as Rupert said already. Corey Webster with 18. Bryce Cotton with 15, 12 of those in the in the final quarter. And to Sean Thomas with 12. For the Adelaide 36ers, Robert Franks, their leading scorer with 24 points. Antonius Cleveland thought he was, he was very good again tonight, tw- 22 points. And uh, Craig Randall, the second, with 13 points. Unusually, um, Daniel Johnson only four points after his good game on Thursday. Yeah, I only got four shots up as well. I don't think that was because, you know, Randall was back in the side or anything like that. I just think he was defended really well and didn't get many opportunities. Yeah, and didn't find the ball in his hands a lot tonight, I feel it, uh, for whatever reason. So... Um, look, it's been uh, it's been good fun. We're, we're almost out of time. We've got about a minute or so left. Um, we don't have another game here at home until December the second. I think is our next home game. So we've got a bit of a break ourselves, Rupert, and uh, we can go home and and uh, get ready for the next game at December the second. It's going to be the Cairns Taipans coming to town. Well, we hope they're a different type. Cairns Taipans than the one they're rolling out at the moment. They're pretty powerful. They are pretty powerful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a shame as far as Sixer fans go to have 9,000 people at a game, a very entertaining game with a bit of momentum. You know, the club would be thinking, oh, gee, we cash in on that. Uh, even though there was a loss, I think people would have left quite entertained tonight. Yeah. And, um, didn't get their burgers, unfortunately. Free throw shooting for the... Uh, Too good. Perth Wildcats was very good. They were able to uh, knock those down. But as far as uh, the Sixers' season goes, despite the loss, I think they're trending well. Yeah. Uh, well, I've ho- again, I hope you enjoyed the uh, coverage on NBL Live for Tyre Power. Your trusted tyre experts really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks to Tom uh, back in the studio. Uh, first game of basketball he's listened to and produced back there in Perth. So uh, he's a happy boy tonight too, Tommy. So congratulations to you and uh, your Wildcats getting over the line. Um, once again, the final score here at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. The Adelaide 36 is 89 with a fee by the Perth Wildcats, 94 here in front of 9,071 people. Um, on behalf of Rupert Sapple and myself, Paul Bonza, we'll see you next time on NBL Live.